0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 537th episode of the Pokemon Podcast, It's Super Effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Greg.
1: Hello, 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 hello. Oh, there's a Piplup on screen. There's a Piplup. I figured what? if we're doing introductions,
2: what? I might as well break Piplup in.
1: I mean, I didn't tell me there was a Penguin 2 coming, too. <laughs> I would have been more prepared.
0: We oh no will this week we gave will the week off uh but we have a special guest we have Roger here Roger you can introduce yourself where you're known on Twitter all that stuff I'm sure, sure people thing. know who
2: you are though yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm Roger from the YouTube channel Rogers Base. I do live reactions to Nintendo Directs. I play Pokemon. I read One Piece every week. Basically Japan games, Japanese games. I cover all of it. Thank you for having me. This is the first time we have talked since Worlds. Yeah. Actually. And, and we planned this all the way back at Worlds because we, we did? were talking in the lobby <laughs> of the hotel room and you were like, dude, we got to have you on the podcast. I'm like, dude, you need to do it in two and a half months when I'm actually back in the United States. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind between like Cape Town, and then London, and then New York, and then Chicago, and then Hawaii, and now I'm finally back at home in L.A., so thank you very much for accommodating. It's a a pleasure. Also, I will say, you guys are the first Pokemon-centric podcast that I have been on since I was in high school. That's a lot of of qualifiers right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a whole lot of
1: narrowing the category down to make it a first you're no, the no, first no, 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 no. To two fair, hosted podcasts that started in 2010 <laughs> that has been going for this like That's pokemon specific that has one host named greg and one host named steve that's that right. i have been
2: on you're the first you're the first no the last time i was on specifically a pokemon podcast was the bulba cast And this was, like, pre-even going on, like, yeah, I wasn't even, like, Roger's base at the time, I was going by, like, Nintendo Theater, which is, like, my old, old name when I was, like, a Bulba wiki editor person, so, yeah, this is, like, way back in the day, this was when Battle Frontier was airing... In North America, and I was going on Seraby looking for the little screenshots from the episodes, and I remember freaking out when Septile finally evolved. And so that's how long it's been. So I'm God, happy to be I, back I, in the
0: game. I forgot the Bulba cast was a thing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is so
1: it not many still a thing? Have come and got no.
0: They, I think, before the pandemic, they tried to start it up again, and then I don't, I don't think it made it. But you know, po- podcasting they got is you biggest. guys to
2: compete with. They said, "Too bad. It's super <laughs> effective. Bad it's just it too good." Not There's not only one. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we,
1: I'm not saying we actively hunt down other Pokemon podcasts and make them pay and suffer, but I'm not saying <laughs> we don't.
0: <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a new Pokemon to talk about. We have some other yes. Pokemon news to talk about. Uh, the Paldea TCG stuff is actually coming. We're going to get Roger's thoughts on Gen 9. Uh, before we get into that, what's super funny is Roger and I met at Worlds. Oh. Uh, I was setting up a live stream to react to the finals in our like fancy secret media room. And when I was setting up, Roger pointed out that uh, we met prior to this.
2: Yes, years ago, years and years and years ago.
0: 10 years ago, because I used to go to a show called C2E2 and I would would, like speak or do a panel there. And apparently Roger was also doing that, but his was always like around my time or like same room, but like before or after.
2: Yep, we would always just miss each other for like years. Because we were doing the live shows uh, for Japan time, like, I think 2013, 14, and... No, 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 no. Would have been 14, 15, and 16. And then we took a break year and then went back in 2018. And for the 2014 and 2015 year, if I'm remembering correctly, your guys' panel was either at the same time or was, like, the same day with an hour difference between our panel. And I always wanted to catch your panel, because I'm like, I like Pokemon. I think I would like these guys, and I could never end up making it, so... Yeah, it's, it's wild that we're actually finally here, but we did meet, um, I actually think initially it wasn't at C2E2, it was at Anime Central, because I did catch a panel that you guys did at Anime Central for Pokemon, and we had talked briefly afterwards, so I think that was actually our first meeting. Yeah, yeah. I, gosh, I don't,
0: I, <laughs> I don't remember a lot from 10 years ago.
2: <laughs> no, I know, to be fair. It's just when, when I remember certain shows or certain people, the core memories get unlocked, so... Got it.
1: Yeah, must all right. be nice being young. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, let's let's start off with uh, the first bit of Pokemon news here, and we're just gonna let's go with the Scarlet and Violet, which is uh, there's a new Pokemon. I struggle to say this name. It's uh, like a Saint Bernard, right? Is that what the dog yep. is supposed to be? Well,
1: it's not a Saint Bernard. <laughs> it's a. T- it is a. It is a type of dog in that family. It, it's. It doesn't have the coloring of a Saint Bernard or the size of a Saint Bernard, but it can assume that the last part is Ard. Oh, yeah, so yeah. if you take the first right. part as grieving. Yeah. Grieved. Grieveard is, the is also how I've been I've saying gotten it. it. Yeah. Gr- but we do need to we need to talk about how many people is the Pokemon company willing to kill for footage at this point. <laughs> Professor Willow died. That person died in the snow. This person died in a graveyard. Four random people died for Ultra Beasts. This company is becoming a menace, and we are we are we are complicit in murder.
2: murder to be fair, see, I'm people. used to it. You were talking about this beforehand. You were like, "How could you be so callous?" But yeah, realistically, so callous? I am used to Smash Brothers trailers, and literally Mario <laughs> dies every trailer. He gets stabbed by Sephiroth. Luigi Look. gets ripped up by a scythe in the Castlevania castle. Mega Man literally gets impaled by Ridley. So, I. We we know
1: that Super Smash Brothers takes place in an alternate universe where they are forced to live out their mortal lives, never being free, forever having to fight for the sins that they committed during their life, including mass murder
2: of Goombas. Like
1: we know why they're there; they are punished for
2: a reason. But why is Pikachu being punished? Why is Jigglypuff punished? They didn't kill anybody, really. They they yeah. they, they, they who did, did, they who did go- Pikachu we- kill? <laughs> Really? Have you Let's not have this seen conversation.
1: Ha- Have you not seen how many times they he uh, Pikachu has electrified Ash to death and they had to bring out another clone? Why do you think <laughs> Ash is only ten? This is how many clone bodies they've gone through because Pikachu is a menace. Meanwhile, Brock gets a rocket ship because Brock still, is allowed worst, to live worst, an entire life <laughs> and Ash has to start over every season because Pikachu has to kill him, bring out another clone. I, I have Why a question. Ash never ages? Is is, is
0: there a difference between a Saint Bernard and a Bernard, or are we is this, are those two different
2: dogs? I actually have no idea. A
1: Saint Bernard and a Bernard?
2: Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. I've always had mutts, What's and then right Bernard? now I have a Pomeranian, so it's like completely not helpful in the slightest for this conversation. <laughs>
0: Well, Greg said that St. Bernard's are really big, so I was like, oh. St. Bernard's are
1: huge. Is there
0: just a regular Bernard? No, there's not a a Bernard as uh, a dog. Like, like There's a mega name and then a septile. A St. Bernard and a Bernard. St.
1: Bernard is the name of that specific breed, and I forget why they're called St. Bernard.
2: If you look at Wikipedia for Bernard, it literally just says a French and West Germanic masculine given name, also a surname, and then links to a picture of you guessed it, St. Bernard, which mm. I assume the dog is named after, so. Got it. Grieve, uh, Grievard
0: barely moves, uh, resting peacefully underground. It pokes its topmost part of its head above ground and lights an eerie glow uh, at its tip. Then it waits for somebody to approach. When a person draws near, Grivard jumps out of the ground and lets out a spooky cry that would startle most unsuspecting people, though it doesn't appear to do this with ill intent. Uh, it has a friendly and affectionate uh, personality that playing even the slightest bit of attention will make it overjoyed and follow the trainer wherever they go of all the Pokemon residing in the Paldea region it's known to be especially easy to befriend however it will slowly uh, absorb the life force of those around it so it's not best to play with it too much what's more it is a power it has a powerful jaw that will shatter bones a single bite from uh, Grievard can be grievous grievous uh, so Grievous. Trainer, Grievous. trainers are advised to approach it with caution.
2: I know it's Grievous because of Star Wars. General yeah, Kenobi. General <laughs>
1: uh, so it's believed to be based off of the Briard dog, which I sent a link to the Wikipedia so you can look at the picture. Let's see it. All right. Because it has the, the shag over the eyes that is a typical oh. ah, sheep dog dog. This makes a lot more sense. Okay, so that's, The belief is that that's where the last part of the name came from. Uh, So, Grieving and the Briard dog, because they have the shape. It also looks like Muttley from the old cartoons, which is probably what I'm going to n- name mine when I <laughs> take this on my journey, because this is super cute. This has also brought my official score for Scarlet and Violet to 1 out of 10.
0: Because they added a dog.
2: Was it currently 0? Yep.
1: Yeah, it's 0 out of 10.
2: Why? Like, I don't have time to go. Okay. I, ha- I have
1: time. It's because his favorite Pokemon is not in the game I mean, I listened to yet. the
2: last episode as I was driving back from a party last night, and I heard nothing about a zero out of ten. I just yeah, heard I your experience a- at the I demo. I wasn't
1: allowed to give my ratings according <laughs> to Papa Nintendo. I did, it, yes,
0: that's true. According to the embargo, we were not allowed to uh, rate the game. So anytime Greg said uh, zero out of ten, understand. I had to uh, cut it. Um. <laughs> You're going to
2: have to cut it now. We're giving you extra work. I'm sorry.
0: This, I feel like... Okay, so th- this is the 20th Pokemon they've shown from uh, Scarlet and Violet, and yep. uh, y- you know there was, there was the debate about Wiglet being a Diglet, it ended up being a whole different Pokemon, which, totally fair, right? You know, we had this conversation 12 years ago, 10 years ago, with Bufalant and Tauros and stuff like this. But with this Pokemon specifically, uh, people really hung on the fact that they just stuck a wi- uh, Litwick on its head. Uh, I think which- it's
2: kind of cute.
0: yeah. I don't know if that's my problem with the Pokemon. I think I don't like its jaw. It feels very Dreadnought to me. Mm. It's
1: very chompy. Um, It's got a very chompy jaw, but it's very cute. It's a very cute chompy jaw because it smiles, and then it opens its horrible mouth. uh, And then I saw a
0: picture of the Luigi's Mansion dog, Polterpup, and I was like, man, that's a better dog.
2: (laughs) What? How (laughs) dare you? That is... Factually incorrect. If you look at (laughs) anything in the Luigi's Mansion games that are the new Luigi's Mansion games, the old original Luigi's Mansion had lots of personality with the ghosts. The polterpup and like all the new ghosts that are in the next level ones, nah. They are (laughs) mid compared (laughs) to all the other ghosts in the original. In the original Luigi's Mansion, there were dead babies, there were like rocking chair ghosts, there were all these other weird things. And now it's just like random generic Ghost 35 inside of a Knight's outfit.
1: How can you say Polter Pup is a better pup? It is literally just a blob with a <laughs> collar on it. <laughs> I I like you it. Would know the it. it. Why, why you something. would know that it's a dog is because of the collar, and you could also be convinced that it's a cat. <laughs>
2: it's, like, just, it how, is. It's a weird amorphous blob that doesn't really look blob. like any it's animal. It's like...
1: It's like somebody looked at Casper and said, "Well, what if I made it a dog? Well, how do we do that? Well, put a collar on it. Cool,
0: (laughs) done. Another (laughs) so can be so much polterpuff hate. He also has a polterpuff is a good name too. Polterpop is a good name. Okay, okay. That doesn't
1: make a good art. This dog with its cute candle under the ground, love it. I I also got a big smiley jaw that looks like a jack o' lantern face. Plus, it's probably going to. Get a bunch of bite moves. I
2: mean, on, yeah. the topic, on the topic of bite moves, I will also say, I know this thing's only ghost type, right? It's mono ghost yes. type, which was For weird now. at first, because you see the candle on its head, you think ghost fire, right? You would think he has like a little litwick, like you said, on the top of his head, and then he's going to eventually have fire moves. I actually think if this thing evolves, I think it's going to be ghost dark because of what you said exactly, which is that it seems like it's going to have a lot of bite moves and obviously bite and crunch are both dark type moves. Mm -hmm. He'll probably end up getting fire fang or the other elemental fangs. I'm here for it. But, Steve, I will say, Regan is right there with you. When she first saw this dog, she said it could have been cute, but it has the ugly jaw, and I don't like it now. So, you are not alone in saying you don't like the jaw.
1: People are all up on space helmet jaw giraffe, and like that's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> and then this has a similar jaw that actually fits uh, for a dog. And people are like, "I like the jaw." It's a space helmet that shuts and it grins evilly at people. That's two jaws. They put though. a giraffe into space. I <laughs> And you have a dead dog that's got a jack o' lantern themed mouth, and you're like, mm. like I know. I'll take, of... I'll take
2: giant jaw ghost dogs yeah. over whatever armor rouge and cello, whatever its name is. Anyway, oh, it's no, like, oh, not wait, you don't like easily, easily not at well, all, man. I... Yeah. How
1: dare you? <laughs> I I think they're... why did you bring this person on? <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever had. <laughs> wait, you wait, I did. I've never heard you say you liked
0: armor rouge and cerulege. Greg. I think they're, they're fine. They're just not my style of Pokemon.
2: Cool. I agree. They are not my style of Pokemon. They look they're too delayed. Cool. They too look too humanoid for me. I think my favorites from this generation, as I'm sure we're gonna talk about, are like the very non humanoid, classical looking kind of Pokemon. So yeah, Armor Rouge. Very cool for people who like it, just not my thing. Yeah.
0: It's, it's always funny that, uh, well, here, here, let's back up a second here, because there's not a lot to talk about for the dog. Very disappointing so far, I will say, that the dog has pickup as an ability. It, can, it makes sense, uh, but Ball Fetch was such a cool and such a great ability that Yamper had. They haven't given it to a single Pokemon, they show a new dog, doesn't have Ball Fetch, um, so either, hopefully, ability. hopefully, there Yamper... Is coming back with Ball Fetch. Hopefully, another Pokemon has Ball Fetch. I feel like this would be a perfect Pokemon for Ball Fetch. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that this thing is evolving. Um,
3: Definitely, yeah.
0: What I want to talk about though is like how they presented this Pokemon. I feel like uh, in in Sword and Shield they were like, "Here's a 24 hour live stream of two Ponyta. Hope you enjoy." And this, they're they've kind of been doing like these little. I don't know, almost like. A uh, short form, like like somebody at the Pokemon Company discovered that TikTok was a thing, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's do like a thirty second preview, and then the next day we'll we'll tease it out." Besides having us wake up at eight AM Central Time or six AM uh, Pacific, uh,
1: some of us have jobs and we're already awake. So just because <laughs> you sleep until four PM every day does not mean it was a bad time. I I I don't think
0: anyone was happy waking up at eight AM to have. Yono announced that she is having an announcement the next day. There's yeah, not a single that person that was happy about that. I think that made about a that. lot
2: of people mad. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy because I just, I happened to be traveling, so I didn't wake up. I normally would. I would do like a live stream or something, and I was thrilled that I didn't. And ever since then, from now until this game gets released, if they're like, 6am, we're going to show a new Pokemon. I'm like, I can wait. I'm good. <laughs> but I can the wait. weird
1: thing is, is people weren't that upset when we got that snow footage that didn't show anything. And then two days later, oh, we got. I don't I was that, that was bizarre. not at eight
0: a.m. They showed that during the day. They they, yeah,
1: they but So I mean, people are like mad at how dare you do this. You're just mad at the time. And the problem is, is you're mad at yourself for ha- because it was up all day. Yeah, you could have slept in and just watched it after. But the fact that you decided to put the pressure on yourself to wake up at eight AM to watch a teaser trailer, that is on you. It's not their fault for doing a teaser trailer. I think, I think it's a hundred percent
0: their fault. They have a situation where they say, Hey, wake up at eight AM, here's a 14 minute trailer. Hey, wake up at 8 a.m. Here's a two minute trailer that doesn't announce that that's literally announcing another two minute trailer later this week. There's I think a it's huge all about difference in expectations, the, right? There's a huge difference in those yeah. two. Yeah.
1: But yeah. but they didn't they didn't put a whole lot of announcements between either. Like, there's a lot of people deciding what it was going to be without them stating what it was going to be. Yeah. I don't think anyone woke up being like,
0: oh, great, like, she's announcing another announcement.
2: (laughs) No, but I, I think, like, the rollout for these games and the way they are announcing things is definitely weird compared to the last few. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I am very much in the camp that I want to go in with as little knowledge as possible. Right? Like, I'm happy they've only shown, like, what, 20 Pokemon going into this one? Good. It's an open world game. I want to discover this stuff on my own on stream, have my reactions, see which, you know, which Pokemon I want to use. That's great. However, I do think because there are fewer Pokemon that are being revealed and they're showing less because it is an open world game and I think they want more people to go into it like me, that I think that this time around they're spreading out these announcements in a way that they normally would not be spreading out things. You look back to like how Alola was, we were getting multiple alternate forms of Pokemon in the same trailer as like two new gym leaders and all these other characters and that really hasn't been the case for the last like four or five reveals if i recall correctly we had this one we had Fi, we had giraffe rigs evolution and it was like one little bit of new information with other stuff and i think that's where people are getting upset i am also very much in the camp with greg that like you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m to see this trailer you don't the people that this upsets which i completely understand are people like you and me steve who are streaming this who are setting this up as our day, because this is our job, to be like, what is this new Pokemon information we're going to be getting? And then this is what we end up getting, and we are then forced to create and turn out content based on a fun little teaser trailer of Ionio talking, who's probably not even going to talk in the main game anyway. Like, that's where <laughs> people are getting upset, right? And I, I don't think it is on the fault, necessarily, of Pokemon Company, because they're spreading it out the best way they can, in terms of the information that they actually want to show pre-release.
0: I just wonder if, instead of saying, hey, 8 a.m. every single time, if they just drop it during the day, or just don't even, at, like, there, to, or don't there's even announce no,
1: it. Right. there's no, then people are going to complain about, you never know when these things are coming, and I have a schedule to keep, and I have to make content, and you're yeah. dropping it in the middle of the day, and I have to wake up this, or Serebii's like, it's the middle of the night for me because I'm asleep, and you drop it at as, whatever as somebody time. Who
0: made co- like, as somebody who makes content, I, I don't, I wouldn't get mad if a company just dropped something. Like they, yeah, they but just, people do, yeah, sure people like, will do, though, for so. sure you
1: don't get mad, but a million people do like you're mad at this one, and a million people who are on the East Coast are like, this was fine, it was nine a m <laughs> yeah, people in England are like it was six p m for me, it was perfect, totally I was okay. after dinner, was totally okay, <laughs> like your time zone creation is going to vary wildly, yeah,
0: i I mean, like. I think everything they're doing is better. I think the 24 hour thing would have been better if it wasn't so terribly boring. At the very end, all we got was like one ponytail with a tail, one ponytail without a tail. And then it was like two weeks of people defending whether the tail was supposed to be there or not.
1: I mean, I think the issue was like they had presented the 24 hours as a nature tune in the video and let it run in the background. Right. And then everybody assumed it was going to be full of new pokemon and it wasn't and people are like well i sat here and watched it to- for 24 hours they like well are you gonna do what i did is just let the 24 hours happen and then tune into the people who are like this is the one thing they showed i'm like cool thanks for doing that <laughs> thank for you me. for
2: letting me know thank you for I'm doing out. a job for me <laughs> thank, exactly. you for, thank
1: you for ruining your life when you could have done what i did and <laughs> waited until the company said well this is what was in the 24 hours and put it on the web page after it was done,
2: yeah, it was gonna be on Cerebi within five seconds of the thing. Correct, anyways, the minute so it showed, not? I'm like, yeah. I'll get an
1: alert on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. New Pokemon showed at twenty four twenty three <laughs> in the trailer. It doesn't have a tail. Yeah, uh, but yeah, what,
0: what Roger said was during the Sun and Moon era, they were showing, they were showing like five things a week. Yeah. Uh, I, oh yeah, I, you could go back to the that that uh that year and from the time they announced Sun and Moon, it just felt like every single week they had something to show and it wasn't ju- it was never one thing. It was always two, no. three, four things.
2: Also that era was wild because like it's not so much the case now versus back then. But like Coro Coro was still a thing, right? Where things were dropping in Coro Coro before they were announced online. So we would get official information like days before the company would even announce it. And that was exciting. I remember like looking up the scans on Twitter that people would post up and having this weird like fuzzy version of something that is official, (laughs) right? We know it's going to be real. It's not like it's a fake leak and sitting there being like, what the heck is this? What's its ability? I can't read Japanese. Somebody translate this. And then there being all this information and this sort of news cycle for about three Days of this exciting, cool new thing. And then you get the official reveal from Pokemon Company, and you get that exciting moment of seeing, like, the full reveal for the first time the Sugimori art, the ability, all the information. And it was like things lingered on for a little while longer. Whereas now, like, the conversation about Grieve Art is kind of already ended, right? You saw it, it's cute, everyone's talked about it, they moved on, and they're ready for the next thing already. And I kind of miss the days of, like, it being a three, four day kind of news cycle. I think we had a little bit of that with the 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 mouse and the
0: parrot and the the weird salt cube. Uh, I do.
2: I love the little twin mice. Whatever those things are, yeah. I want to use them.
0: Whether that or, or, or was attention- intentional or not, because it was it was in the English trailer, wasn't in the Japanese trailer. I I, I can't imma- I mean, can't imagine that. They didn't watch that a million times before they hit publish, yes. but maybe they maybe they forgot. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you know, they forgot to animate a, a pony tail.
1: Uh, as you a go. person who does things for a living that I send through quality check, you would be surprised that even fifteen people looking at it be like, "I never saw that." <laughs> To be fair, that reminds
2: me like way back in the day of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, there was like a brief trailer they showed. This was prior to the game releasing, right? And people were still trying to figure out what characters were in it. And I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure the Bulbacast episode I was talking about we talked about this exact thing I'm going to bring up, um, which was in the trailer, they showed a brief glimpse of like the stickers. I don't know if you remember this, but in Brawl, there were like the little stickers you would put on the bottom of the trophies, oh, yeah, and they yeah, would yeah, give different that. abilities. And the stickers would tell you what Pokemon and trophies they would be compatible with to give you the best possible thing. And if you watched this trailer, there was a little, very small head of Lucario in this trailer... Prior to us knowing Lucario was going to be playable, and it was next to Pikachu and Jigglypuff, and everyone was freaking out. They're like, oh my god, Lucario's gonna be a playable character in Brawl, this is amazing. <laughs> and again, that must have gone through so many different quality checks in Nintendo, but it just happened to slip, because somebody wasn't looking at the menu of the debug version that they took the footage from.
0: Right. I would. I would love to, like, that would be the Netflix documentary I'd want to watch, is like, who is working at these companies to be like yeah we purposely left that in to cause chaos with right, like right. the hardcore fans um i w- i would love to hear about that kind of stuff speaking of new stuff coming out zorark is in pokemon unite and you know i thought this was going to be a little bit of a short news article and then they decided to make zorark one of the most expensive characters oh and i <laughs>
1: Not goodness. Only
0: can you just not buy Zorark? You have to buy him with a premium skin. Uh, that stinks.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's really not great. <laughs> it's bad. Like I cannot believe it's twenty bucks. Yeah. Here, let me let me just lay out the
0: pricing here. Bucks. So Zorark will be fourteen thousand Aeos gems. This is the new thing they've been doing with the last couple characters. Which yep. you know, when the game first came out, ten thousand was was the cap. Uh, and even Charizard. Was like I think he's only eight thousand. He's he's not even the, the the most expensive. Uh, so eight thousand AOS coins, or sorry, fourteen thousand AOS coins, or five hundred and seventy-five AOS gems. That's the paid only currency. Yep. Zorak will only be obtainable with AOS gems as part of a Halloween bundle for sixteen twenty-five gems for the first seven days of release. Which, uh, to translate to that to American money, that is
2: uh about twenty dollars. So you don't have to buy this in the first seven days though right you like, don't you no. could just use your coins after the event runs out and your yeah. is obviously always going to be part of the game now so right just wait the seven question days. is is, is <laughs> how much the
1: coins are going to be yeah because that also keeps increasing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it oh it's like getting, getting harder, harder to get coins is that yeah. what you're saying it, it's harder to get coins but also the prices for for the pokemon are going up like I haven't seen a new one released. It's like, here's 8,000 coins for this one. Like, it's 10, 12, 14, 18. Like, these are a lot of coins. And I think it's because people are sitting on coins because there's literally nothing else to spend the coins on that anybody wants. So they just keep ratcheting up the price to try to fix their economy. Um, But I just don't know that Zorark has the draw yet because it's yeah. it's good in game but nobody i because it's so expensive i've of the ones i play cuz i play a lot and i play at least 3 matches every day i've been in a match with it once and i've been against it once mm-hmm. and in the in the 3 or 4 days since it's been out whereas when Clefairy came out games lousy with Clefairy's. <laughs> There's us everywhere oh uh, and there's just not a lot, because I don't know that anybody really knows Are you? do so are Do you think what it's to because it?
0: Zorark's not good, or do you think it's because
1: it's $20? I think it's because it's
0: $20. Yeah, I, I would I, agree that's probably the case. Because what
1: I've seen from how Zorark plays, Zorark is good, although one ar- one can argue if the illusion ability is actually doing its job. Um, well, isn't
0: Clefairy's ability just to pick a random Unite?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, Clefairy's Unite is terrible. Um, but the rest of what Clefairy does is godlike.
2: Yeah, um, I was gonna say Clefable is one of those Pokemon that in every single game it's ever in, it's always good. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> it's <laughs> good competitively. It's good. You do calm mindset. You could play it in yeah. Unite. You could play it in literally anything. If yeah. Clefable gets added to the game, you know it's worth your money. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you too with Zoroark, because I play Pokemon Unite all the time. I normally use Talonflame, but I guess like whenever they add the new Pokemon to the game, it's never been that big of an issue for me because I, I consider Unite the same way I consider a lot of the other games that I play that have battle passes, whether that's like multiverses, whether that's overwatch, right? Like, all of these games have battle passes now and paid content. And a lot of it's like, you get this character before anybody else can play this character. And I'm like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't know this right. character. I'm good with Talonflame. Like, I'm, or I'm good yeah. with Junkrat. Like, I don't need, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't need this new character right away. I want to figure out if this character is going to be competitively viable before I plot down money on the thing anyway. And by the time people have done their videos right. and done breakdowns, then I'm aware of the fact yeah. that, okay, this thing is going to be good. And by that point, usually there's like some type of price Cut on the character, so yeah. this really kind of only affects the most hardcore of the hardcore, the quote unquote like whales, right? Cool, yeah. there. there's yeah. a new yeah. character in yeah. a Gacha game, they put the money down. They want to get that character, get it guaranteed. I think the thing that's kind of scummy about this is tying it behind like a special skin oh, or yeah. whatever. That's the, the Holloware bundle, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, the Holloware
1: bundle is bad. That's what also sucks.
2: the other issue
1: is that it seems Zorark is shut down hard by LeFable, which is literally the most popular supporter the best supporter that's in the game right now yeah like clefable shuts down literally everything but when you released a new thing you've charged it this much money and its biggest counter is the most prevalent supporter in the game and clefable doesn't even need to level past six to literally shut down everybody's game like clefable doesn't even attack it just follows one person around and heals and puts down gravity wheels and you are dead for the rest of the game and yep. Zorark comes in and it's like guess what the hard counter for Zorark is the one thing that's winning games right now since they've once again nerfed Mr. Mime and put Mr. Mime back in his place is I think was happy
0: with that Mr. Mime nerf they need
1: to hit Mr. Mime harder and Mew yeah. harder and I don't think anybody would be upset because those two things are an absolute <laughs> like five bonus. Mr.
0: Mime players are upset but the rest yeah. of the world is very the rest happy of
1: the like, thank you <laughs> but yeah, I it, Zoroark feels like a weird it came at a weird time for a really bad price. And unlike every like unlike every other new character where you see a lot of them the first day, I have seen almost none. And I think it's because it it's hard countered by the most popular supporter and it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like really bad.
0: I, I'm kind of in the same camp as Roger, like there's a lot of Pokémon that they'll add that I I just know that are that's not not my playstyle. I've I've zero interest in in dropping gems or coins or anything like that. Or I'll I'll wait maybe until it's on a discount. I think the thing that at this point gets me excited, like every time they add new hollowear, I'm like D- did they add new Cramorant hollowear? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like uh, I don't really care that much like like I know the meta is still in a weird place for that game um already and it sounds like Clefable has made that even weirder um, in a sense. The the question I have is are they going to do that with future like when Sableye eventually comes out because we know Sableye is next it, it, are they going to attach a here's a $20 bundle for a skin that you probably won't like. I think the Zorark skin is bad by the way. I, I don't yeah. think it's a great hollow wear. Yeah I mean yeah.
1: I I've, I've seen I have seen the leak of the Sableye skin I'm assuming based off of how they did Zoroark, it is going to be the same issue. Of like I, uh, a bundle. Yeah, I have a mm-hmm. feeling because they did it here. I mean, uh, but the, My question is, is I don't know that this was a success for them. There is a slight chance in my heart that they won't bundle it because I don't think that this was a huge... This, I don't think this was a huge win for them. Yeah. I don't think this was a big money seller except for the few people that did buy it.
0: I guess we don't know what the, the translation to like whales no. to players are because like when the when the $40 nine tail skin came out people were like don't buy this can't believe there's charging $40 for it but like there has been many $40 skins since oh, and yeah. and I, the game I always think of and the game I always bring up is like apex legends where you pay $20 for a gun skin or or $40 for us or not 40 but like i probably $20 for a skin there too and for three years people are like don't buy these skins but like They've never changed the
2: prices. No, the, because they know because, people are going to spend money. Right. Which, like, again, it, again, if people are going to spend money, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep ratcheting up the prices. It's going to continue to happen. Um, I think it's, it's just going to take, like, one character, kind of going back to what Greg was saying, that everybody likes. That universally, yeah. from the get-go, first day, the people who do spend the money are like, oh my god, this character's kind of broken, and everybody goes to download it, and then it becomes, like, a greater issue. But I think for the time being, yeah, like, I'm certainly not clamoring for Zoroark. Now, if this was Hisuian Zoroark, I might have felt differently. I think that design <laughs> is amazing. Then maybe we would be having a different conversation. Yeah. But as it is right now, yeah, again, I'm saving my money. And yeah. when they have a, you know, discount AOS gem thing and I've got them built up, then great, I'll spend my money. But until yeah. then, I'm good.
1: The weird thing about the $40 skins is as long as they've sold two... They probably made their investment back, <laughs> probably, because I will yeah. tell you those high price skins I never see them in game. What mm. I, see the, I, I, I see literally the every one of the world time. championship were
0: running all the 40, all, all those yeah. pro players I, running forty play dollars skins.
1: Playing like I play multiple matches every day and I do not see those expensive skins see, on it's, people. It's
2: funny the way I consider it, right? Whether it's again something like Overwatch or Pokemon is. I think I probably would be one of the people who would have bought, like, a $40 skin if it was a really, really cool, like, one-of-a-kind Talonflame skin, right? Like, I play Talonflame all the time. The game is free, right? You can download Pokemon Unite and play it for free. I play for free all the time. If they eventually released, like, a -a one-of-a-kind amazing skin for the one character that I play all the time in-game, I would probably feel like, you know what, I've put 60, 70, 80 hours into this game that normally I would buy a game for $50 and maybe play it for 15 hours and then be done with the whole campaign. For me, it's like, okay, well, I put enough hours into the game that I can justify myself spending $40 on this one thing that I really, really want. But Again, it's not the people like me they're concerned about. It's the people that buy every skin that want to have everything in the game. And for the people that play it at Worlds, Ryan, I think it's the same situation. They put thousands of hours into this to be on a world stage. They're going to put the $40 I, in to buy the I
1: also have a strong feeling that they didn't pay for those skins.
2: That too. Yeah, they probably got provided. <laughs> hashtag Pokemon like, partner. Hashtag free game. Hashtag free product. Exactly. The, the, All the, the FTC thought- guidelines.
1: The thought that they have all spent $40 on skins for a game that that the skins don't matter because they're competitive. Right. There's no way they did not get gifted those games so they could be shown That's off That's true. They, they, so people like yeah, you yeah, could yeah. say, well, the people at World pay $40 <laughs> a skin had, for They it. Exactly. So apparently everybody else should buy $40 <laughs> skins. <laughs> they had it. They were winning exactly.
0: with it. Um, you know, <laughs> there, there are, there are, there are, so in, in Apex Legends, I, I purchase every skin for my favorite character in that game. Well, not purchase, but like, uh, you you get currency in that game. You can use the currency to. Unlo- I think Overwatch has that too, where you
2: save yeah. up enough currency. Well, and just not buy anymore. That. Now it's well, a <laughs> uh, the Overwatch two Battle Pass thing is like a whole other conversation.
0: But so so for for uh, for Apex that's that's crypto, and I feel the same way in Pokemon Unite. Like I like I'm coming back to the game because Cramorant has a skin in this thing that you have to this cake thing. You gotta do the cake thing. You unlock the skin. Coming back, cool. But I am sure that there are because it, Before, I would say before microtransactions existed, if Pokemon Unite was a $60 game and had no microtransactions, I would be the person that would be like, I'm going to unlock every skin for every character. Sure. That doesn't doesn't exist because you need to do money. Well, that does exist. You just have to do it with money now. But I am sure there are whales or players, that they just purchase every single oh, skin. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Whether of course. or not they played Zarina or not, they're going to buy the Zarina skin and never play it. They just want a complete collection. collection. Um, and so I think with these $40 skins, I'm, I'm sure they're hitting the mark. I'm sure there's a handful of people that are just, I'm going to buy every single update. I'm going to buy every clothing, every scarf, yeah. every shoe,
2: every skin. Because again, it's that it's a free-to-play game, so right? To me. Like the the idea that you can download this and put this on your phone or on your Switch or whatever and it's free initially makes the player base huge. So literally if 0.01% of people buy the $40 skin, they're making a ridiculous amount of money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, last bit of news before we take a break. Uh they are officially coming out with the uh Scarlet and Violet cards here. These are going to be available starting on January 6th, so not this year. Um, but the the first partner, I think they're called the first partner Paldea collection, uh, Sprigatito, Fuecoco, Quaxley will join. They'll come with the pins, they'll come with oversized cards. Uh they will come with four booster packs, so they they haven't said what booster packs they're gonna be. I'm assuming they're probably gonna be the last recent ones, those like Silver Tempest and uh Lost Origins probably. Uh so four booster packs, code card, sprigatito, Waycoco, Quaxley Pin, uh oversized card featuring either Coridon EX or Maraidon EX, which uh we don't even know what their types are. Yeah. <laughs> Safe to say that they're probably dragon in-game, but yeah, you know, you never know. You look at Solgaleo and you're like, that should be a fire Pokemon because the sure. sun and stuff, and it wasn't didn't end up being fire, so who knows what their types are. So that'd be January 6th for those coming out, um, which is you know, when anytime I, I read TCG News, I just remembered that they announced Pokemon Trading Card Game Live last year. It was supposed right. to come out in October. It is now the end of October, a year later, and it's still not
2: <laughs> Part of me is thinking they're doing that to wait until the launch of all of this new stuff, like the Scarlet and Violet things that they announced at Worlds this year. Like, I mean, that was a huge moment for me. Like, I was somebody who I love the video games, and I love the card game, I like all the news, but the thing that was most exciting to me at Worlds was not like Cyclozor or whatever, when they announced that during the Scarlet and Violet thing, it was bringing back EX. Yeah, Because that was like around the time when I was growing up, you had the e-reader stuff that was coming out, they had introduced the EX things for the first time, and I was stoked to be like, all right, now we're gonna get like Mimikyu EX and all these other new forms. The thing that weirds me out about this is like you said, they're probably going to have the Silver Tempest cards or whatever, as part of these booster packs in these collections. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are those cards not going to be part of the new meta? Like with EX? Like are those going to be allowed even in game, like in those decks? Or is this sort of going to be a complete new shift? Because it's going to be weird if you've got like these VMAX cards that are in Silver Tempest that are in the same collection that now have EX cards which probably won't be the same meta when we're at Worlds next year in Yokohama.
0: Uh a lot of Vmax cards will stop probably still be legal until August, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay then. Okay. Um and then the and then after August they'll probably cut most if not all Vmax. I what what they normally do though when they switch this cuz they'll maybe like older older TCG players listening to the podcast will remember they they had pokey bodies and pokey abilities. They just changed right. the word, but they'll 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 word it in a way where like this blocks all pokey bodies, or this blocks all pokey abilities. Mm. They've done, they've, they've figured out how to word things. So all they need to do with um, the Paldeo set is like, hey, this Pokemon blocks all attacks from VMAX Pokemon, and then people stop playing VMAX because it's that like works. Yeah, they, they, they do really. If, if, if we give the Pokemon company credit for anything, they're very good at like forcing you to buy new cards. Right, the new meta, yeah. <laughs> silver tempest does come out in 12 days uh it's gonna
2: feature over 190 cards um, they look amazing by the way i was seeing like some of the full art that's on twitter of this there's the new lugia card that's in there there's there there's like a mewtwo one the mewtwo v-star full art and the charizard v-star full art yeah where it's mewtwo and charizard fighting each other but you see the different perspectives of the fight with the main pokemon in the foreground it looks Incredible. Yeah, they're so, really cool. I don't know how rare those are gonna be, but I want those so badly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the last set for Sword and Shield before they yes. rotate over into um the Paldea stuff. So uh exciting. Um although Silver Tempest is a little big, 190 cards is is kind of a slog, but they, I, I, I personally think they've been doing a good job with the trainer gallery stuff. I, I don't know if there's trainer gallery in Silver Tempest. I'm assuming there is. I just haven't. I haven't looked up the set list for it. I feel like I have more fun with the TCG not looking up the set list, but. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Discovering something and going, this could fit in one of my decks right now, or this is like such a cool thing that I want to make a deck for it. Like, I think when they, uh, they had the go set, come out, whenever that was, like six months ago or something, when yeah. Go came out. I didn't see the set list at all, and I was opening packs on stream, hashtag Pokemon partner or whatever, I gotta get my FTC guideline thing in there, but I'm opening the packs on stream, and... Lunatone and Soul Rock, I saw for the first time in their abilities, and I'm like, man, this card seems really, really good. So I made a deck for it. Come to find out, like, three weeks later, when everyone has access to the cards, like, oh, this is the meta. If you want a good, cheap budget deck that destroys things, like, do Lunatone and Soul Rock. <laughs> and so having those three weeks where I was kind of unaware that that was even going to be part of the new meta was really exciting to me. Yeah.
0: Silver Tempest, November 11th, and then uh, the Paldea stuff, January 6th. Great. For your dates.
1: Speaking of I dates... can't believe they didn't leak a Pokemon in these pictures of these cards. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Which <hope was>? I'm, <laughs> I'm just Pokemon? Looking at, I'm just looking at the backs of Pokemon cards in this mock-up of the art, and they could have at least slipped one... They could have put like the mouse Pokemon <laughs> on the card. Something <laughs> to generate excitement in this press release. Instead, it's just a bunch of cards that show me nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. I would like to get back <laughs> into the TCG, so hopefully... The EX. Uh, look, it maybe eventually... I love it right now. When they, oh, they, it's so they, good. They, they eventually launch that TCG Live, whenever that's coming.
1: I mean, you can get I the beta. That was out. Is that still only in Canada? Uh, it is
0: in Canada and Mexico and some other places. Look, it's very easy to get into the beta if you want to. The problem is if you decide to move your ptcgo account into ptcg live you cannot go backwards so you are you are stuck there and then that separates the player base right because you have some players in ptcgo and then you have some players in ptcg live and everything i think the actual serious players are still in ptcgo correct i just I'm want everything to the transfer self. over
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the Silver Tempest Trainer Gallery and there's two cards that you need to give me.
0: Oh um, yeah, there's Trainer Gallery stuff. So yeah, yeah, Okay. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk all about Scarlet and Violet and then we'll do whoop. our question of the week and we'll wrap up so we will be right back. Sounds good. This podcast is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze makes
1: backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. You can get unlimited computer backups for both Macs And PCs. Yes, both. For only $7 a month. You can back up tons of things. Documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects. Whatever you think you need to be backed up that's on your computer, you can back it up with Backblaze. You can access your backed up data from anywhere in the world as well if you want to use their web app. It can, wherever you are, your info is.
2: Backblaze is
1: recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, Tom's Guide, 9 to 5 Mac, and other reputable sources. Uh, They have a 15 day, no credit card required free trial at blackblaze.com slash pkmncast. There's plenty of time to upload and download some files.
0: Back up your stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Inked Gaming. When it comes to shopping for top quality gaming gear, we choose who, a company that shares our passion for Pokemon and everything that goes with it, a company built by gamers for gamers, Inked Gaming. Inked has been a main supplier of essential gaming goods since 2011. Over the years, their collection has evolved and so has their ability to be one of the best at what they do, which is giving gamers what they want for the best price. Sleeves, mats, deck cases, etc. You can catch them all. That's like a Pokemon joke. At ink- oh, is that mm-hmm. a Pokemon reference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Inked
1: Gaming, with Inked Gaming sponsorship this week, our listeners have exclusive access to certain perks that will come in handy. Specifically, a ten percent off discount code that we can use toward your first purchase and you can purchase a lot of great things as we covered before sleeves, mats, dex cases, everything they have a lot of great stuff on that website Mm -hmm. I will say that if you spot something you really like or absolutely need while looking through the collection just go to inkgaming.com pkmncast and use the code pkmncast and the discount will apply at checkout and
0: we are back from our break 2020 20 pokemon in uh we're less than a we're uh, when this podcast goes up we'll be 17 days away from scarlet and violet what are your thoughts roger are you excited
2: uh, on scarlet and violet yeah like in general yeah of course i'm excited what's a new pokemon game like of course there's, i don't think there's ever been in the history of a mainline pokemon game a game that i wasn't excited for i mean like i grew up with the series i've I, Like initially played the trading card game when I was in elementary school and then got into the video games and then got gifted my Game Boy Color special Pikachu edition 1999 Christmas with the little Jigglypuff and Togepi and Pikachu on it. And I've literally been playing ever since. I mean, I can't wait. And I think the the big thing about this one, too, is like because it's open world, I am super excited to stream it because I feel like instead of me just going through the storyline like I normally do, this is content for months, right? This is me doing raids, inviting other people on, battling, getting every single badge, doing everything that I possibly can, like, trying to fill out the Pokedex. I've been lucky with the past three I've actually completed the Pokedexes for, which was, like, unheard of when I was a little kid. I think I did that for (laughs) Gen 1, Gen 2, and then I don't think I ever did it again until, like, Let's Go Pikachu, and then I've been doing it. No, no, that's not true. Sun and Moon. Alola, I completed the Pokedex in Sun and Moon as well. And then now I've been doing it ever since, so I will probably continue that trend with Scarlet and Violet, depending on how many Pokemon are in the Pokemon
0: Yeah. For, the, for those maybe unfamiliar with your content, uh, what, what, is, what is your favorite generation of, of game? Ooh.
2: I'd say if you're including the remakes, I would say Gen 4. Just because Gen 4 was the first time you actually had Wi-Fi, I still think to this day, like, in terms of any remake game for any franchise, Heart Gold and Soul Silver is, like, my gold standard, no pun intended. I feel like those games did so many things right, had so much extra content, were so much fun to play, and kind of everything from then on out in terms of remakes left me disappointed. I'm somebody that was not a fan of Auris at all. I was left severely underwhelmed by that game, um, and all the other like second versions of games since then. I feel like Ultra Sun Ultra Moon wasn't quite different enough. I loved the expansion pass stuff that was with uh, Sword and Shield, but like, I don't know. I think Gen Four there was just a special little element of je ne sais quoi that was in there with the Wi-Fi connection, like having God as a Pokemon. <laughs> Arceus and <laughs> introducing I think that legendary trio of like Giratina, Dialga, Palkia was so cool. Um, but if you're removing the remakes from it, and I don't know if this is like a popular opinion, unpopular opinion, whatever, I would say my other favorite generation is Gen 5. Okay. I think Gen 5 it's so cool. I love the storyline with N. I think those are games where, in terms of the second game, they did a lot of things different, and that's kind of the gold standard for how I'd want a sequel game to be, which is, I think, why I was disappointed with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon when it was like, oh, it's mostly the same game except for, like, the rocket stuff near the ending and the Mantine surfing, <laughs> whereas, like... Black and white two are straight up different. You have a totally new rival, all these new areas. It's like a sequel to the actual original game. So different p- areas have changed, like certain cities have grown, some have fallen into ruin. I just, I love everything about black and white two. So I'm, I'm going to say overall gen five is my answer for my favorite generation. Yeah. Black
1: and white two are great. I love yeah. those games.
2: Love them.
0: You you slightly mentioned the the DLC stuff of Sword and Shield. So do you yeah. think that that you think that is the right direction, or do you like yes. to see like a platinum or a... no? Okay.
2: No, I I love platinum. I love platinum. Platinum is absolutely the definitive version of Gen absolutely. Four. Emerald is the definitive version of Gen Three. Absolutely. There is no argument. Those two games are superior. But if we are getting things like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, if that's what those kind of games would be like in the future, I don't want it. I would much rather have DLC for a game that I already have that just adds a couple new things, adds some new Pokemon, adds some new areas. I don't have to buy a whole new game. I can just buy the little expansion pass thing and I'm good. Um, so long as there's enough content in the original version of the game that keeps me satisfied. Like I would hate it if they just decide, okay, well, we know we're going to do DLC. So we're going to keep this big extra portion just separate for this mm-hmm. um, and then have like a completely empty post game that I don't like. I like yeah. there at least to be some post game in the base game.
1: I am worried that DLC is replacing initial post game. Yes, I agree. I am I, worried I don't that. that. I'm worried that initial post game for S- Scarlet and Violet will just be competitive. Mm. And there won't be anything else until DLC. Because we kind of ran into that with uh, Sword and Shield a little bit. Like, mm. there was some, but not a lot. And then you know we got two very good uh i mean one was better than the other but both were pretty good dlc's Yeah, and i'm i'm concerned that the lesson learned was that people will buy it and they don't have to focus on a post game to fill the gap because people will come back for it mm. um cuz that's tends to how be how companies do things
3: yeah
0: that goes back to the interview where they were like, No one played the Battlefrontier, so we're not going to
2: do it in the future. And it's That's like, It's wild, too, considering like the core memories I have of Emerald and, well, and Heart Cold Soul Silver. We're playing the Battlefrontier. Yeah, I, I mean, love that stuff.
1: Everybody who loves Emerald loves the Battlefrontier. Yeah, but it's Emerald awesome. sold less. So
2: it's yeah. like, Emerald it's, sold less, is,
0: and you're assuming that everyone who bought it made it to the end of right, the game, which is just right. not true.
2: Ludicrous. Like, and also, I, I'm sure it sold less just because of Gen 3. I mean, you look at that point in Pokemon history, there was unequivocally sort of a lull, right, that was happening. You saw it across the board. You saw it with the TCG. You saw it with the video games. Like, I even remember being in school, everybody being obsessed with Gen 1 and Gen 2, me being in, like, middle school, going into early high school, playing Gen 3, and nobody was really playing it, and then come Gen 4, I'm kind of the i man out until, like, DS really explodes, And by, like, my junior, senior year when everybody's playing on a DS, then everybody was playing Gen 4 and couldn't wait for Gen 5, which then brought me to my college years. But I feel like Gen 3, just because of a lot of different factors, whether that's, like, the technology moving into, like, the Wi-Fi era with all the stuff that was happening in Gen 4, the the dip in popularity slightly, there were a lot of different factors. And I do not think them pinning the Battle Frontier as the reason why people didn't buy Emerald as much. That's wrong.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where you always question why a corporation decides, oh, well, we learned this lesson from that. And I'm like, was that the lesson you should have learned? Because most yeah. people who are very deep into those games are like, that's not the lesson I would take away. The lesson you needed to look at was your marketing around the age groups that you were going with. Yeah, because they all hit high school and you didn't have, you, you hadn't hit a generation yet. Yes. Like it's the Disney lull. Like they're just now beginning to understand the Disney lull. Like you'll see a dip in Disney movies for a while as they focus on the Marvel things, because that is the bridge group. And then suddenly we have princess movies coming back when there's 10 year olds again, like Disney understands the generational and how to keep their audience going. that, Nintendo, particularly the Pokemon company, only has just now figured out.
2: Yeah, you are. As soon as you brought up the Disney comparison, the the former Disney employee in me is like, my heart was just <laughs> warming because that's definitely. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? Is that you had the Disney Renaissance when I was growing up, go into like the Lilo and Stitch treasure planet kind of era yeah. where things lulled and then boom, tangled, frozen. It all came back yeah. again. And now people would argue it's sort of going back into another valley and it's going to peak back up again. And these well, things in waves. They hit the,
1: you know, they hit the frozen market. Right. That right. was the edge of that. So now they're shifting to all superhero stuff because right. they're getting the teens and the young adults. Right. And then those kids will make unfortunate decisions and have children of their own. And then there'll be another <laughs> slew of kids movies. There you go. Yeah. And in the, in the meantime, they plug it up with other products like Pixar makes movies that are very good at bridging both generations. Yes. Right. Yes. Like Pixar has an adult reputation for kids movies. So they rely on their other properties to plug in those holes. And like Disney is uh, like if you want to look at machines for as much as Pokemon's media empire is a machine, it pales in comparison to how well there's two. There are two large entities out there that know generations really, really well. One of them is Disney and the other is the army. Mm. And those two work generations like nobody else does. They understand how each generation ticks, they understand what each generation needs, and they understand how to market specifically to those generations. And it's really hard for people to be like, well, you know, it just wasn't cool for Gen 3. It's like, no, it's because you were a teen and they didn't understand how to market to you because the games didn't change at all. No, nope. they, They're the same games, and the same games that you're obsessed with now, the formula existed. You were just an angsty teen, and they had no idea how to market to you because they were new.
2: And I think you, you hit on something else that was interesting, too, which is that like there's kind of these games that bridge the gap and are in between. I kind of feel like that's what they're trying to hit with Legends. Because I think Legends, you're hitting on the nostalgia, but you're hitting it yeah. on an older demographic that wouldn't necessarily go back and like play a remake of Like, they wouldn't go back and play Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl with the cute little chibi art style right. the same way a kid would. But when they're like, oh, that's the generation that I remember, and these are like the Pokemon that I remember. But there's like this cool new story, and it's open yeah. world. You're getting those people into it. So yeah. I, I, I truly feel, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but I'm sure you did, ad nauseum on the show when Legends first came out earlier this year. I think Legends is like one of the smartest things Pokemon Company's done in years. Because that allows them to still remake the games for, like you were saying, Greg, the people who are kids... Who are playing this stuff for the first time, things like Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, whatever those games are not for us. Then you've got the Legends games, which again bridge the gap, and then the new generation that brings everybody in. So yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what yeah, they do, I whether think, it's like Legends of Nova or whatever.
1: Yeah, I look at things like Pokemon Conquest and Mystery Dungeon as like their first attempts at like figuring out how to bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are very they are more complicated than your base game. And they are more series that were more popular with that teen to, to twenty year old demographic in Japan. So like you can see their first four race into it with those games, and I think they've now just begun to figure it out like, okay, we are a generational product. We we know we're a generational product now. We understand that we can hit these things. You know, Pokemon Go carried the ball for us over the ne- the last hurdle that, you know, that it brought it it. It plugged the hole perfectly for us, but now yeah. it's six years old and has come up in a retro list game on on my iPhone. Hey, play retro games, and Pokemon Go was on there, and that was just six years ago. Yeah. that's not retro.
2: No, retro's ten. So they got a couple more years to go still. Dale
1: Brent sent it to me. He's like, "What is this garbage on my phone?" And I'm like, well, "It is six years old." He's like, "There's no possible way that that was six years old." I'm like. Again, time doesn't exist for the last three years. It's all a blur.
0: Yep. Well, I think the to go back to like hitting, knowing their audience, um, and and, like understanding their audience better. If you if you look at Scarlet and Violet, kind of one of the complaints is that uh, we kind of now know that the the gyms don't scale appropriately. Right. And that you, you know, you'll go to Brassius. Brassius will be 17, 18, 20, whatever his levels are. Um, and then he will always be that. So you can skip Brassius, you can go to somebody else, you can go back to Brassius. He's still going to be the same level. And, you know, there are some people that are upset about that. There are some people that are in the camp that they don't really mind. But I I think the reason. Uh, and the feeling I got from playing that game for an hour is, is it's not really about satisfying those hardcore players of like, I want every gym to be the correct level and I want to go to the Dragon Gym first and I want to go to the Grass Gym last, but I want to make sure the Grass Gym is level 50 and the Dragon Gym is level. I think they understand that if they need to get old players back, they need that classic experience. Mm. Um, and the gym thing is the thing you just, it it is just the classic experience where if somebody skips sun and moon, somebody skips sword and shield, they're coming back to an open world Pokemon game. They still want a feeling of like, I remember doing the gyms and I, and my takeaway from playing uh, Scarlet and Violet was we keep the gyms classic, but we have the team star stuff, which is Mm. the, the something totally different that you can also do in any order. And we have the Titan stuff, also something different that you can do in uh, any order. And the thing that stood out to me is when I fought that Titan cloth, he didn't have a level and he doesn't have a level in the trailer. And when I asked Nintendo, I was like, Hey, what's cloths level? And they were like, Oh, Titan Pokemon don't have levels. And I'm like, Oh, maybe the Titan Pokemon are the ones that are scaling Mm -hmm. to be the difficult thing. Because you don't want everything to scale, but you don't want no. nothing to scale. So I think, I think they understood that balance. Of, and, and I think when you're, when you're dramatically changing your game from not being open world for 25 years to now being open world, you still need to have traditional elements to it. Um, which, which for better or worse, I, th- I think is, is the correct approach. I think, I think they are understanding that people are coming back to our games. And not every Pokemon fan is playing every single Pokemon game. People may be listening to this podcast are playing every single Pokemon game, but that's, right. that's not 26 million. I wish we had 26 million listeners, but <laughs> Sword and Shield sold 26 million copies and uh, you know not all 26 million people completed the game. Not all 26 million right. people bought the DLC. Not all 26 people thought Pokemon was too hard. Not all 26 million people thought Pokemon was too easy. Th- they're making a game to hit as many people as they want because they're a business and they want to sell as many copies. And like, I I don't, I don't think, I don't think level scaling the gyms is, is the the answer to selling more copies or the like Mm. difficulty that people are really looking for, which puts me on a whole nother rant of like, I don't think people really want difficult. I think people want to be surprised. Like when, Mm. and I think a really good example of that was Ultra Necrozma and Sun and Moon. You can beat Ultra Necrozma, you know, maybe after your second try. He's probably going to catch you off guard. single sucker
2: punch from Decidueye. That's all it <laughs> took for me. Every Everybody talks about that Ultra Necrozma fight, and that goes back to Ultra Sun and Moon, and I was like, I don't I even understand what people are talking about. Again, maybe it's just because, like, who I started the game with, but... Decidue why it was like one and done instantly. I never even thought about it afterwards And then it became a topic of conversation like after about a year everyone's like that alternate Cosmo fight wasn't that incredible? I'm like, Bro, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like it was fine. Like <laughs> So yeah, like you said people have varying right right, ideas right. Of like, like what the difficulty are exactly yeah l- like
0: um like I, I beat Alternate with a level fourteen Basculin, and it's just because you know I, I understand how it works, right? I understand yeah. that like he's gonna go first. I'm gonna have a Focus Sash. I'm gonna like retaliate, retaliate. Like you can do it a variety of ways, right? But oh, yeah. that fight's not in it pr- particularly hard. Like there might be somebody listening. that's like oh, I lost like eight or nine times, and like understandable. Like yeah, uh, you might not have the right Pokemon, the right levels, the understanding of type effectiveness. No one wants to lose in a Pokemon match, like, ten times in a row to, like, all, like you lose once right. and you're like, ah, oh, he caught me off guard. I think that's what people want. They want that, like, surprise. They want to be caught they off guard. They want Elden Ring. Uh, they want Elden Ring, is what they want.
2: And, and realistically... I mean,
0: Elden
1: Ring can... is losing 17 times in a row until you finally right. figure out the pattern. I mean, that's that's Dungeons. I I disagree that, that people don't want difficulty. I think a bunch of people do like to be surprised, but I do think there's a handy amount of people that, like, I want to be surprised and also have a tough puzzle to figure out. I think about the Mewtwo raids that were in Sword and Shield. That yeah. was a tough puzzle to figure out. But once everybody figured out the puzzle, people were still were still doing them. But some but of that puzzle excitement... was
0: limitation of Pokemon. Like, right. if you had Marshadow, right. that puzzle was significantly right. easier. And there mm-hmm. were just some people that I would queue up with, and they wouldn't
1: have good counter. They wouldn't have, like, Marshadow. Right. But again, that's that's also the difficulty of figuring out the puzzle. But that's... Mm-hmm. that. That's MMO game design. That's dungeon design. That is, it has a set pattern that you have to learn, and then once you learn it, you can execute that pattern. That, that is a difficulty level, and it's, it's, it's different than surprise. Surprise is the initial thing that gets you excited. The difficulty is figuring out the puzzle. The problem is, is that we've known the puzzle of Pokemon for 25 <laughs> yes, years now. Right. Right. Like, we know what the puzzle is. I still is. think Alternate Necrozma is that big
0: surprise, though, for sure. It
1: was, No, for right. sure. Yeah. I mean, and you hear people talk about, oh, I did that and I solved the puzzle and did it once. It's not like people were like, I'm going to keep re-queuing for Alternate Krosma 17 right. times because the drops yeah. are so good.
0: I, I, and I had a huge argument with people on Twitch about this. I think comparing Elden Ring to Pokemon is completely fair and valid. Especially now. Especially now. Like, somebody was like, well, Elden Ring doesn't even have levels. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you could be level 40 in that game. You could be level, I think you could be 160 in that game. Yeah. If you fight the moon girl with the feet, I never remember her name. She's like the second main boss. Right. The, the, the library girl. Library girl. You can fight her in any order too. Like, you you know, you can, you can fight her at level 40. You can fight her at level 100. Obviously, she's going to be way easier at, you're at level 100. But also, like, If you struggle with that fight, you can change your weapons. You can you can bring different weapons. You can equip different amulets. You can most fights in Elden Ring, even if you're you're you can't learn the pattern, you can still brute force it through your potions, which is like the same thing as Pokemon. You can brute force fights with max potions. You can brute force. You can go back and like if you're struggling with Blaine. Go catch six water Pokemon. The game's not stopping you from doing that. You don't have to go in with like a Venusaur yeah. or, or. But I don't. I don't think the game should get to a point where you're struggling with a gym leader so much that you're like, I need to redo my entire team. Like yeah. I, I don't think people really want that.
2: I, well, I, some I think do. I think both of you are hitting on things that are important, Craig. I think like what you mentioned about people knowing the puzzle for twenty years is the difference compared to something like Elden Ring or a FromSoft game. Cause all of these different mechanics are yeah. changing. You've never experienced a character that hits you at this time. Your timing's different. Whereas like with Pokemon, like you mentioned with the ultra necrozma fight, like if you know the tech of focus, sash, and endeavor or retaliate or whatever, like you can get through pretty much anything very quickly. You could do like the type effectiveness for the last 20 years yeah. has not changed. Like there's there's no difference. Yeah. There there have been new types. There's fairy now with like poison and steel, but it's essentially the same thing. Nothing's really changing there. I think going back to what I was saying at the beginning of this conversation with like my favorite generation, something I think Gen 5 really succeeded at, which I am shocked, this has never been brought at again ever since this got introduced, was challenge mode. That you beat the game for the first time and built into the game there's a thing where it's like you want to play again now you've unlocked hard mode play the whole game on hard mode levels are higher everything's more difficult now i think if they brought that back into a mainline pokemon game a lot of these conversations about the game being too easy exp share is forced like these would be removed to a certain extent whereas i think going to what you were saying steve like you could play things out of order right like Say, for example, there's a gym, it's too difficult for you, you want to go play a different gym, fine. Go in the order that they're intending, beat the dude who's like the grass gym leader at level 9 Pokemon or whatever, and you bring in your level 30s and you're fine. Or you could go do other things. And if what you're uh, saying about the Titans is correct, and there's no level to the Titans and those do scale and you could do those in any order, that's great. Because then you could sort of fill out in between going to these different gyms with Titan battles or doing the Team Star areas. And and that'll be your gameplay loop until you get to the next gym leader. You don't have to do them all in order. But I think if the game is laid out in a way where it's like, okay, here's the first gym, here's the second gym, and it's naturally pushing you in the direction of like, this is the order to go in, instinctively, people are going to go in that direction because the game was designed to be that. And despite the fact that it's open world, there is still a subsection of people that will do that and are not going to explore. They want to experience the gyms in that order, and then they'll do the Titan stuff, and then they'll do the Team Star stuff. And thats I think that's the issue they're going to run into in terms of people actually putting these games in their hands is those players who haven't played for a while, who know the gym mechanic, but are used to the Team Rocket dungeons and the the big Pokemon fights being naturally integrated into the story instead of things that you have to go and explore separately. Yeah, And that's, I think, where the disconnect's going to happen.
1: I mean, I think also some people, like, the Elden Ring thing works up to a point, but the Elden Ring and a lot of those other games, like MMO stuff, rely on you or your skill. They're not turn-based. Like, you can get quicker, faster. They aren't so heavily... Stuck, And I think the thing that's difficult to grasp in this game is how open the open world will be, because every other game up to this point has gate kept the types of Pokemon you can get. Like, you can only find certain things on these routes. The wild area only has these certain Pokemon during these weather conditions. And so... It is more difficult to comprehend a world where you can leave that area and go find the ones that give you a type matchup because we haven't had that. And Pokemon isn't a game where your quick reaction skills or your learning the pattern works as it does in things like Elden Ring and MMOs. It is you have to learn the types, their moves and the counters and then make sure you have the Pokemon for those which have hopefully up until this game, this game changes, have been gate kept by their routes and what would they allow you to catch in those areas. So the difficulty to make the jump to say that it's like Elden Ring is Elden Ring is is a skill-based game. MMOs are skill-based games. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. whoa. Pokemon is for sure a skill-based game.
1: (laughs) But but the PVE isn't that skill-based. Levels still make a huge amount of it and they still turn-based. And so... There's a level of 25 years of gate-kept Pokemon and hard level caps where you you have to overlevel, it, which means grind, that is that is difficult to grasp how this game will play out. I, I Particularly have because I'm, I'm sure you guys scaling. would
2: know. Do the wild Pokemon scale? So what Greg was talking about, like, could I go to the mountain area near the end of the game and, like, get a dragon immediately and then come back to you know gym one and then raise that dragon up from the very beginning when normally i would have to like wait until after i beat in the game to get a larvitar you know
0: like i don't know because i play like obviously they they did a pre-built situation sure sure, um, sure and my pokemon were all level 25 and i had no gym badges and i ran into a level 40 pokemon which was around a bunch of level like 20 pokemon so i'm uh, twice the level sure, and sure. I, I did it didn't prevent me from catching it i just i i couldn't catch it because i didn't have the right type advantage to sure you know, do damage um so it wasn't stopping me from catching a level 40 with no gym badges <laughs> uh but i didn't get to that point yeah i do want to go back with the elder like obviously like Elden. like when when you buy Elden ring you're buying a game that where everyone tells you you're gonna die a bunch like that that is part of its marketing right, right. like when when you're going to buy a pokemon game they're not going to be like oh boy brassius is gonna run you into the ground seven <laughs> like that's right, no, not right, part right. of the marketing In Elden Ring, if you are struggling, you can overlevel. like you you can go to specific level. You can go to specific areas in that game and knock out the same enemy over and over and over and get, you know, five, 10, 15 levels higher than you should be. So, like, yeah, Elden Ring is like I I would I would I I wouldn't say that Elden Ring is more of a skill based game than Pokemon. There's different skills. One one is one is, you know, more thinking And planning out your turns and then the other one is more movement and and dexterity but you can still brute force through both games you can still over level in both games to brute force if you don't understand the skills they're asking for you
1: right yeah I mean I think that you know we bump up against the grind right like the balance of grind versus uh, surprise versus difficulty like everybody wants something different and I think one of the things that is generally holding Pokemon back, I think on some level is the fact that they are still turn-based. A turn-based changes a lot of that calculations to where people, like if people feel they have more agency because they're not locked into a turn, those defeats feel much more like I just haven't gotten my skills there. Whereas a turn-based still is I made the best decision I could on my turn and I didn't have a, t- I don't have a chance in the turn to compensate for it. Yes, I have to wait till my turn comes up. And turn base is a limiting factor to these games as far as difficulty, as far as surprise, as far as people's agencies in the game. Like the th- hope is that the raids will fix that somewhat, like that the not having turns in raids is done in a way that's super fun and people are like, okay, well I get that sense from these other things. But I do think at this point compared to other modern games, you're just not going to get the same level of satisfaction from difficulty from a turn-based game that you are in free combat, free movement, free decisions. Like if you had, if you had the ability to say dodge, dodge, in the middle of something's turn, like is a timing button to hit the dodge or you get X amount of dodges, something to help you do something during while you're waiting for the program to play out. It's a very different feel. And I don't know that we'll ever get that with Pokemon games. I mean, there's like I, I the Mario
0: think... and Luigi games that have like the built-in dodges and stuff. Um yeah. the, the, the role-playing Mario, the RPG Mario and Luigi games. Sure, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's just a level of, coming to terms with this is a turn-based game and turn-based games have set limitations
2: a, a turn-based right? game that has set limitations that a child can play right, right. i think that's the other thing too is that that's all so ages. many people want right right so many people want it to be a super difficult rpg kind of experience but again like going back to that disney comparison man you want to get the youth into playing this game like a child is not i mean some might but like a kid's not going to sit there and play Elden Ring, and you're not expecting some eight year old to be able to beat Elden Ring. You are expecting an eight year old, if they're playing through I'm, Pokemon, I'm expecting and they an understand the mechanics to beat me in Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Fortnite, <laughs> yeah. more like Leon, to be able to beat Leon, right? Like that should be a, a easy enough feat for an eight year old, and they're not. They're designing the game with that in mind, which is why I get it. Goes back to that thing with Gen Five, like all you need to do is to have something. Once you've beaten the game once, right? To have some additional difficulty feature unlock. I think you see this all the time with people who are like, I've beaten the game. Now I'm going to do a Nuzlocke run. Now I'm going to do whatever. To some extent, people will do like randomizers or whatever things that they want to do to like have these self-imposed rules to make the games more difficult. Whereas if that was something that was built into the game already. This wouldn't even be a conversation. If that was something post-game that all Pokemon games said, here's like the difficulty mode. Here's whatever our Nuzlocke would be. But it's actually something designed for the game that is built in that you're meant to play that way as a harder difficulty level. People would do it. You would see all these content creators that are getting in trouble for doing, like, randomizers <laughs> or whatever, they would not be getting in trouble anymore because they would be playing well. the thing that Pokemon has put in the game to make it a higher difficulty level to immediately make more content. So, yeah, it it's almost like trouble. a self-imposed restriction on themselves, you know?
0: I I went through all of challenge mode uh, in Black 2 White 2. I didn't find it to be harder personally really but uh, but i mean like i also understand the rules of pokemon like i mean like charon getting one extra pokemon and then every other gym leader getting one extra pokemon and the, yeah. the all the gym leaders having i think i think what challenge mode did is it, it increased all the trainers and all the gym leaders like plus three levels i think it was either plus two or plus three but all the gym yeah. leaders got one extra pokemon i think they they had at least like two if not higher perfect ivs on their pokemon uh, as well i didn't personally find that to be harder, right? Like if I if I'm going against uh, Marlin, uh, who's the like the eighth water the type, water guy, the yeah. water guy. Like I'm going to use Thunderbolt every single time. Like there's, it doesn't matter if you have four Pokemon or five Pokemon, I'm sure. still going to hit the Thunderbolt bu- button. But
2: don't you think that to some extent, if they said, okay, you beat the game, and they like literally develop into the game a thing where you go, okay, I'm in this new region, I'm only allowed to catch one Pokemon, right? You're only allowed to catch the first pokemon that shows up on that route. And that's built into the game. That's not a thing like that the player is self-imposing on themselves. That's the thing. And then when that pokemon you can't fight with that pokemon anymore. Obviously, Pokemon Company's never going to be like, "Well, that pokemon died. You can't use it anymore." <laughs> but something to the extent of like the pokemon is too tired and needs to go recover into the box. You can't use this pokemon anymore. Like, they could easily find a way to do that that makes sense within the canon, the vocabulary they of could, They could, but they don't need yeah. to. They don't need to waste they the don't, time on don't. that. I agree. They don't need to. They don't need to waste the time. But if you want to appeal to that demographic and you want to appeal to the people that like that, that's what you have to do. Well, I, I don't this think, goes I, back to the Battlefront I, I, I thing we were talking about earlier, too. It's like it's not made for everyone to be able to beat it it's made for the people who want a challenge and that's a choice of the pokemon company to say hey look we're going to develop this and give you a challenge or we're not going to worry about this we're going to implement scaling or do other things to make people play it in their own way and then the the player can decide their own self-imposed rules to play this separately but again until they implement that into the game in a way that's actually in the development of the title this kind of thing's always going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: weird that New Game Plus has been part of Final Fantasy forever. Yeah, and it's only ever in Final Fantasy games <laughs> or Xenoblade. It's in Xenoblade too. To be I, fair, I think a lot
0: <laughs> of games do hard mode very poorly. Uh, like like when like Halo is a good example. Halo is just g- give the enemies more health, give you less health. Like, yeah. I, I, like making things bullet sponges isn't, like, the answer I'm looking for. I don't think it's an answer a lot of people are looking for. I think a game that does, like, difficulty well, that doesn't have, like, a hard mode or easy mode is, like, Mario games. Like, in Super Mario 64 or Mario Galaxy or Mario, Super Mario Sunshine, there were always levels that were significantly harder than other levels. In Sunshine, they would take away your jetpack. And you'd be so accustomed to it. You're like, oh, well, now I don't have, like, that thing to save me if I accidentally jump the wrong way, right? Right. Even even in, like, Breath of the Wild, there were dungeons I went into, and I was like, I'm too dumb to solve this puzzle. But it's okay, because, like, in both Mario games and Zelda games, you don't have to solve every single puzzle to do. So, like, I wouldn't want the Pokemon company to be like, okay, here's a built-in, like, Nuzlocke mode, because you can just do that yourself, right? I, I would want areas of the game to be harder. Uh, Like I would want them to go back to building like a battle frontier or something where it's like, sure, y- you can beat the whole game. It's fine. Defeat Leon, you're champion of Galar now. But here's here's an actual difficult thing that you can do Um, that isn't. Yeah, I, I just don't think them wasting time on like a built in Nuzlocke is is ever going to like satisfy those people because yeah. they're still going to have complaints. But,
2: but I, I think the idea of like, oh, they'd be wasting development time doing this. No, they wouldn't. You literally type a rule and develop like, it's, it's not, <laughs> like, they literally don't like it. would be different if this was, if this was something where they're building out new areas, right? That does take development time, but self imposing a rule in the game, literally just saying, okay, at this portion, you cannot catch another Pokemon. You cannot do this thing. Would there be instances in which that would be kind of broken? Sure, right? That a player might get stuck with one thing and they need to restart from the beginning, but. When the player is signing up to do that optional mode within the game, it wouldn't be an issue because they know what they're signing up for. Like I think the development thing would definitely be an issue if they are developing something like a Battle Frontier or a new area, which then goes back to their comments of like, well, this was something that not a lot of people played, so we're not going to put the dev time into doing it. But. Putting a rule in there is is—it's not something that would take all this extra development time. That's a relatively simple thing to implement. Obviously, everything takes dev time, but it, it would not be anywhere near the amount of time they would spend on making some type of new area. Yeah. And I think you would be able to satisfy a demographic of people that are always looking for more of a challenge in a much easier way and then spend the rest of your time polishing that core game that everybody's going to enjoy yeah and just, on the topic <laughs> not to not to take over but one last thing i want to say sure. is like on the topic of games that do difficulty well i think arceus did it really well like i think going through to that volo fight that was a legitimate challenge for somebody who's been playing Pokemon for 20 years when the Cynthia music kicks in again and you're battling Volo at the end of Arceus and he whips out the Giratina that then goes like. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh, oh spoiler. No, okay. that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, this game has been out for a long enough time. It's fine. But he, he whips out the Giratina and then the Giratina changes form and you can't heal and you can't, you know, have the full, full restore after that first fight and the Giratina fight. Now you're in this third fight. Like that was awesome. Right. And I think that even goes beyond the genuine surprise thing you were talking about. That's funny because I
0: had such an easy time with that fight because I I, I had weird deer so he couldn't touch me.
2: Weird. Oh, so that, okay. So that goes back to maybe what you were talking about then with that the difficulty is kind of different forever. I
0: I had some newer people in my Twitch chat and they called me, uh, they said I cheated during that fight because I used a normal type Pokemon.
2: (laughs) Bruh, come on. No, 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 no. That's your luckier draw. You had a weird deer and that's great, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I and that's funny. That, that, that's funny that we've come full circle of, like, me yeah. saying, like, the Ultra Necrozma was like, oh, it threw me off. And you saying, oh, right. you just sucker punched it. And then and you saying versa. you struggled no, like with.
2: Volo threw me off. Yeah. And
0: then I was like, oh, I had a Weird Deer and I had uh, uh, Ursaluna, both normal type Pokemon. So even if the Weird Deer yeah. died, I had another normal type Pokemon and Garantino didn't exactly. really touch it. It's like, it's really hard to and i think this is why people go back to nuzlocks or randomizers is because you're restricting the pokemon you have access to right like right. but you know when you're doing like a randomizer and you know you only your first pokemon you catch is a grass and the first gym is a fire yeah it, it's hard but you you don't need a randomizer to do that i mean if you go to brock and you bring a charmander you're going to have a harder time um it but it, it the whole conversation revolves around like that fight was super hard for you. It was really easy for me, but we just had different Pokemon. Exactly. And you can do that for yourself in Scarlet and Violet, right? Like, you can go to Brassius with three Pokemon. You can go to him with six Pokemon. You can go to him with one Pokemon. You can go to him with a, I don't know if Weedle's in the game, but I'm going to assume if Weedle's in the game and you go to Brassius with Weedle, Weedle, you're probably going to have a tough time versus if you go to Brassius with, you know, Fuecoco. Coco. That's true.
1: I do think, like, the puzzle part of this is the terrestrializing. Like I think that's how they're trying to get surprise in each gym is that you don't know what they're going to terrestrialize into. Sure, like sure. They've, hint- they've hinted at it with uh, Brassius' gym, although you could guess that he's going to terrestrialize a rock to grass, right? Uh, which doesn't help your gym, but I-, I think that's I think that's part of what they're going for with the surprise and upping the difficulty a little. I just think it's it's everybody's version of what difficult means is wildly different right, right and right. i don't think i think we come down to the point of at some point you have to accept the games for what they are and if it's not serving your needs anymore
2: <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe exactly. it's not
1: maybe it's not where you want to be like yeah. like Tem Tem exists to deal with what people <laughs> didn't like about pokemon right it's like true other things have popped in to take place of people saying, I no longer find satisfaction in this type of game style. Sure. So now I am going to go with something else. Like Temtem uses a stamina thing and you can, instead of running out of moves, you can hurt yourself. And that's part of the strategy and blah, 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 Like all the things that it fixes for Pokemon. Like there's a million games that fix that they didn't like in this other game. Yeah. And we want Pokemon to evolve. Right. Like we want it and we've seen it starting to evolve, but it's never going to, like, Final Fantasy is never going to be beyond what its Final Fantasy roots are, right? Like at some point they did abandon turn based, but the formulas pretty much always stay the same. Like if you don't want summoners, if you don't want these abilities, this isn't the game for you. (laughs) Like if you don't want the same spells being in every game, like I'm tired of always using life. I'm tired of always using Kiraga. I'm always tired of using Firaga. These are not the games for you anymore. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, right. Like Dungeons and Dragons has had the same spell list for almost 50 years now. Like these are not necessarily the games for you if you're over that. If you're over what they offer you, sure. it's fine to be like, I loved those games. They no longer meet my needs. And I think the difficulty we have with fans who talk about, I want more difficulty. I want XYZ they're asking for things that will never, that aren't something possible in those games. That's not something that they have stated that they have wished to do. Mm. Like they are not against fan use. Like they're not against that idea, but the reason why you're never going to see Nuzlocke rules is because they never, they didn't develop them. They are easily pointable to a person that created those rules, who owns those rules, whose things you can still find. It's not some, they can't, you can't put fan-made things in your official product without paying the fan.
2: Though, I'm going to make an argument against that, because that, I was in the trenches when this happened. Free-for-alls were a thing during X and Y, and going into all this other stuff during that era. Free-for-alls became very popular on YouTube. And then what happened going into Sun and Moon, where you had the four players against each other? Oh, the like, Battle Royale. There, yeah, but bro, there's, there's like a <laughs> clear cut correlation between free for alls being a thing on YouTube into Battle Royale. And regardless, but, they'll never admit that that's what no, it was. But you but can like,
1: also <laughs> easily point to free for alls exist in a million other areas. Of course. Free for alls aren't when owned at, by another person.
2: Like, no, no, they're no. no. I But neither, on neither a was Nuzlocke, to be fair. But I think Nuzlocke Nuzloc- has sort of evolved into a way where it's now its own the, sort of like side thing where people will do it on YouTube. It is size
1: thing, but the name and the concept it, it still exists on the internet. The person that created that n- rule set
2: and named it well, exists. Yeah, well, oh, 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 yeah, we're talking about two different things then. I'm not saying make a quote-unquote official Nuzlocke right. mode. But, Obviously call it something else. Like, you're not going to call the it Nuzlocke. The difficulty Nuzloc. is yeah.
1: when it mirrors something that exists that has been a part of the sure. community for that long there is no way around pointing it back to the person that did it. Like free falls, free falls existed in wrestling. Free falls existed on football, but free falls The way everywhere. they played
2: in Pokemon <laughs> where there's double battles and the people on the same side are attacking each other. Like that type of thing. I totally agree. Like we're, we are in agreement in terms of the reason they're not probably not going to do Nuzlocke stuff is because there's obviously someone you could point to and say, this is where it all started. But, Again, you can't kind of do that with free for alls. There were like three or four YouTubers that started doing free-for alls, they got real popular. And if you just do Pokemon X and Y free-for-all, most recent, whatever, and you scroll down to the whole of this video, you can pinpoint where that started oh, yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. But I think <laughs> the
1: thing that people like talk about those things don't realize is if it's something that somebody has made. Yes. And it can clearly point to those people. Like, it does, like, those people didn't make up a free for all idea. They capitalized on it, right? Like, we can't say, I don't know, A Drive made free for alls. They created a free for all rule set. Sure. You can't point to that person. So, of course, if it's popular and it doesn't belong to anybody, they can co opt it. But if it clearly belongs to somebody and Nuzlocke's clearly do. It's also like the drama over Nintendo saying they don't like nuzlocks. Well, right. you you can't do a nuzlock on an official channel. Like, right. you can't was, officially yes. give
2: <laughs> somebody's fan creator. Yeah, yeah we, did, we, did we did a did. little bit. Good, yeah, that's like, exactly what it was, right? Is that Pokemon, like those of us who do Pokemon partner stuff, we can do Nuzlocks. We just can't do randomizers. Like you can play a Nuzlocke, right. you're yeah. fine. Like if you're if you're playing a Nuzlocke the way that it's built out, where you know you only do one Pokemon, one route, you're not altering the game code in any way, they have no issue with that. Right. Like at all. It's that, like you said, you're you're pinpointing it exactly. Kit and Krista worked for Nintendo on the official Nintendo account. So obviously they were gonna be like, no, don't right. do a Nuzlocke. Like right. Naturally, don't. because it's on the official account. <laughs> it's yeah. on if the you're official creator, account. They to, don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. And
1: like But they the would care that, if it was I, a radalizer to I be will fair. say what like, drove yes. me the most crazy about that conversation was it wasn't that the fact that they worked in a very toxic environment and like talking about the toxicity of being a corporate creator and what bringing ideas were like. Like that was the important conversation to have. Like being official content creator for official Corporation is a toxic environment, and it's a tough. lot of people yeah. do it and live in these toxins. Instead, everybody went off on this completely stupid. Nuz- <laughs> Nintendo hates Nuzlocks and thinks they're Which like hacking. Like, like, true, yeah, that's exactly. not the conversation you should be having. Right. Nintendo needs to be held accountable for creating a very toxic relationship with content creators. But I, instead, going back to it, too, you like are when- talking about
2: they think Nuzlocke is hacking, and I'm like no again it's it's the way things were worded and like out of context because kit and krista were saying exactly what you're saying it wasn't like talking about this thing that is allowed or isn't allowed it's the way it got taken out of the episode and then regurgitated online and stuff yeah it's like things just get shifted when you remove the context it's funny uh, uh, because me
0: and serbi like both tweeted the same thing hey we recently talked to the pokemon company nintendo they said it was cool no big deal and then like people were like what was the source uh n- nintendo
1: <laughs> well, people are like what do you how mean like how dare you Like, <laughs> "What how dare you deny kit and christ's reality i'm like i'm not I, i'm not denying their re- yeah, reality not at all what no. we we're trying to say is the conversation that they meant to have and we should be having is that that was a toxic toxic environment that they were not allowed to have input like they went on to say you were afraid to bring up new ideas yeah Yes, that's the conversation. Because you, didn't want, right. you
0: didn't want your bosses to be like, "Oh,
1: right, oh, right." We have they didn't want this. you to exactly. be a, like, right, right, "They're right. a problem." They come up with ideas that, like, like had you sat, had Kit and Chris sat down and thought, like, bringing up an official nozzle like is a bad idea for all of these reasons, or the person they brought it up to had explained any part of the legal ramifications, it would have been a very different conversation. Easy like, conversation the point was they got a toxic response from a toxic work environment. This is what we need to talk about. Not that Nintendo thinks N- Nuzlux is hacking.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, to go back to like the the difficulty. I mean, like I think of I think of situations where like people walk into uh, a gym and they 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 knock out like the f- five NPCs and then they immediately leave to go to the Pokemon Center to come back into the gym to then fight the gym leader. At that point you've you've artificially made it easy for yourself, right? Like you could just battle the gym leader with with the damaged Pokemon you have. But you're making that choice to make it easy. And if, if you're in the battle with the gym leader and you decide to use a hyper potion or you decide to use a revive instead of playing it out with the rest of your Pokemon, you are making it quote unquote easier. Um, because like you're, you're losing Pokemon. So I don't even know if adding like a, you know, a, a nuzlocke to the game is, is, is beneficial because like, If you're using a hyper potion to get through that fight, because at the end of the day, that's more enjoyable for you versus I'm going to lose here and I have to do the whole thing over again. Like you're, you're subconsciously making those choices because you want a pleasant experience. I I don't think people think of that enough, right? Like, Mm. like I'm going to battle all the NPCs. I'm going to leave and heal. I'm going to go in. I'm going to crush the gym later. Man, that was easy. But it's like, what were your actions before that? If you like crushed a gym leader and you like spammed hyper potions throughout like the like like you're making those decisions. And I don't know. I think the Nuzlocke thing resonates with a lot of people because they're looking at a rule set that exists and they're following those rules versus their own like creative freedom, right? Like when I went through Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. I thought those games were incredibly easy. Also, I played Brilliant. Be, yeah. I, I, I played Diamond and Pearl a million times. Like, yeah, I had no one to expect. So, like, I would go in and I would make my own rules for each gym leader. Hey, this gym leader, I'm only gonna bring in three Pokemon. They have three Pokemon. Hey, this gym leader, I'm gonna try to beat them with one Pokemon. When I got to whatever that dude's name is, the daddy guy that's dad of the <laughs> Roark guy, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna battle him blindfolded with one Pokemon. And each one of those fights were they much harder? No, not really, but they were like they they were significantly more enjoyable because I was yeah. making these fun rules. So, like, I always, like, try to challenge people that are like, ah, I wish Pokemon would level scale, I wish Pokemon would be harder. Bro, you can do whatever you want before that gym
2: <laughs> fight, like... To y- be fair, you brought up the uh, the whole thing of, like, you could do kind of whatever you want leading up to it. When I would mentioned I had a hard time with Volo at the end of the game my team consisted of a Lickitung and an unknown D. So that was like, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. I had Lickitung and unknown D on my team with the other Pokemon I had caught throughout the game. And I was trying to beat him with the unknown. And so you get through that first phase, of the Giratina fight, I beat him. And then the second phase comes in and kills me with like shadow origin or whatever it's called. And I got wiped. So like, that was a big reason probably why that was difficult for me. But you also said something that really just stood out to me. Like mentioning the experience was pleasant, right? Like, how to make a pleasant experience for yourself i don't want to speak for everybody but i think all three of us probably see pokemon as a comfort game right as something we come back to time and time again because we enjoy it it makes us feel good we have a good time playing the games we like living in this world we like experiencing you know flamethrower over again or thunderbolt just like you were mentioning with like fira or Kiraja and final fantasy right it's something that brings us joy it's a pleasant experience and i think for those of us that are always going to be fans of Pokemon that like Pokemon, regardless of a game's easy or regardless of a game's hard, we're going to make it difficult for ourselves or make it easier for ourselves. At the end of the day, like our love of that thing is probably not changing in the same way that like a newer player who hasn't picked it up in a long time is probably experiencing this game. Someone who did not play Gen 6 or Gen 7, who maybe played Gen 4 or Gen 5, who's getting back into it now because they have a Switch and they want to experience these games again. I, and I think that that goes back to like the
0: experience thing of like, well, experience share makes it too easy, and it's like this is this is not the crutch you should be relying on. Right. Like Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, have you not played any other JRPG in the last like fifteen years where experience share is just a default thing? And yeah.
2: Mario Rabbids right now, literally, currently in Mario Rabbids. If you use a team of. The like what the Peach Rabbit or Bowser or Peach or whatever, all the other characters. I've not used Rabbit Luigi once in that entire game, and yet Rabbit Luigi is the exact same level as the three characters I've been playing with yeah. the whole
0: time. So, all right, probably spent too long on, on difficulty. Uh, hey, they show 20 Pokemon, Roger. What's yes. your favorite? Smoliv.
2: I love Smoliv. I will protect Smoliv with my life. <laughs> I love him. I love my little anxiety olive. I think he's adorable. When I first saw the trailer and they had Palmy, Smoliv and Lechonk, I thought, "Man, Lechonk is awesome. I love pigs. I've always been a fan of pigs." Uh, but then I was thinking about it more and I'm like, "I bet you Lechonk's evolution is going to be real ugly and I bet you Smoliv's <laughs> is going to be awesome." Cuz I'm thinking of I'm thinking of what they could do with an olive Pokémon, right? And the evolution, and obviously being based on like the olive branches that are in the crests of a lot of like Spanish royalty families, I think they could do some real cool stuff with like an olive crest being sort of like a knight kind of character for an evolution. But even if that thing wasn't to evolve, and just be like this little derpy anxiety olive, he speaks to me. I like that. I like that he's this little anxious guy who doesn't know what's going on, his mouth is open, he's looking around, all freaked out, he's scared. He's scared to be turned into olive oil, he's scared to be on the menu at Olive Garden, like I love him. I'm Italian, <laughs> my last name's Di Luigi, Baba de Boopy, all right, like we use olives in cooking. I like Smolive, I will protect him with my life. That is my favorite.
0: <laughs> That's probably the best answer that anyone's ever given for liking this is a book.
1: Unacceptable. <laughs> One hundred percent unexpected.
0: Are you are you into the the open world thing? Is that something that you've wanted for a long time? I
2: I think Arceus is not only one of my favorite games this year, but it's like one of the best Pokemon games of the past decade, dude. I think like the changes that they made to that game, having these open areas that you could wander around and like sneak around and throw Pokeballs, I think was great. And so any sort of mix of that that we're gonna get into what we got with the wild area and Sword and Shield, combining into. What Scarlet and Violet's ultimately going to be, I am here for. I feel like making this open world, being able to go wherever I want to go, like going to the gyms or doing a Titan battle, that is super exciting to me, both as a content creator and as a player of these games that's wanted something different for a while. This is the most excited I've been about a Pokemon game in a long, like a mainline Pokemon game in a long time. I'm always excited, but I'm like supremely excited for this one. Scarlet or Violet? Scarlet, obviously, because the professor she's mommy of course (laughs) why would why would i ever go with with kit yeah no i'm going with i'm going with uh yeah scarlet version all day every day now with that being said the violet legendary is way cooler like at least in my opinion i think violet's legendary way cooler i also don't know because i haven't really been reading into like a lot of things about the game beyond what they've revealed have they said what pokemon are version exclusive yet Uh, because that could potentially sway me okay i have have not because yeah. uh, if when... Lickitung is exclusive to Scarlet or Violet, I'll have to get the one that has Lickitung in it. Yeah. Big
0: draw. Uh, I, 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 I do know ball ball that ball, ball, I, 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 I did grow very fond of Corridon because they, they they only let us play Scarlet at the mm. Nintendo preview. And mm-hmm. after riding on Corridon for an hour, I was like, you know, Corridon is like kind of cute.
1: Why does it have wheels if it's only going to use its legs? I love that he uses his <laughs> legs. Why it's really weird. Yeah. does it have wheels
2: it. if it's only going to use its legs?
0: All right. Well, no Pokemon of the week because Will's not here. I got I got two question of the weeks, though.
2: Uh, Can right. I choose a Pokemon of the week as the special guest this week? Can I choose a Pokemon of the week? Because I'm going to say it's Lickitung. Okay. Just well, for the we do of the Pokemon of the week Lickitung. at
0: the very end, so we'll, yeah, we'll hold it. We're hold jumping okay. ahead. Good, good. good. All right, first question is, when version-exclusive gym leaders were announced for Sword and Shield, uh, Will was upset he was going to miss out. Greg agreed, but Steve disagreed and saw it as a positive thing. Three years later, do you all feel the same thing? Uh, That was from Citizen from our YouTube channel.
1: I mean, I felt like I missed out until they were bad. Like, there's clearly two (laughs) winners and two losers of those gym leaders, and I played the right one. I don't think anyone Uh, missed out on Gordy. (laughs) No, nobody missed out on Gordy at all. And B was meh. Like I,
2: I liked her, but I, I also love Melody, though, so when it comes down to yeah. it, it's like if I have to weigh B and Melody, I'm taking Melody. Yeah, and Melody. yeah. yeah. Melody,
1: Melody and Alistair were far superior. Um, I do still feel that I don't think they were I impactful did, I don't, enough for you to miss I, anything. I don't think I felt missed out, per se, because the way they portrayed them, the gym leaders were going to be a bigger part of the game than they actually were. Like, mm-hmm. I decided to restart I just now restarted Sword to see what it's like playing the game with both DLCs at the start and it's a wild experience. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm like I have no idea what's happening in this game right now <laughs> because you're pulling me in so many different directions everywhere I go like, "Oh, something's happening over here." And I'm like, "Well, what do you want me to focus on because you're now telling me there's like 17 things I have to do." Um I don't think I feel like I missed out. I think I'm still not thrilled about it because ultimately it's a pointless change like the two gym leaders were they weren't a big part of the game they they didn't have great personalities they didn't develop either side like both gyms puzzles were roughly the same they were the same yeah they
0: were just they just it was just like
1: it was superficial at best so i mean i i I don't feel like I still don't feel like I missed out like, I, I I would say that I don't feel like I missed out, but I still don't think it was a good decision because ultimately it was a pointless decision. It just uh, didn't serve the games
0: i I like having just more character. I think that I think they've done a really good job at making gym leaders or, or characters or elite four members like as important as Pokemon
3: Mhm.
2: Well, I, I mean, think- that was something with Sword and Shield specifically, is I think there were a couple generations there where, like, I, I'm i a hardcore Pokemon fan, I cannot name all the gym leaders from certain generations, but, like, Sword and Shield, they were all very, very memorable, even the ones I didn't like. Like, you were talking about Gordy, it's like, I didn't care about Gordy, but I remember his name, <laughs> you
3: know? yeah. So,
2: I think, however they implemented them into the story, I think was really well done in terms of, like, you remembering who this person is, even if they didn't actually impact the story that much as a whole.
1: Yeah, I think I like having multiple gym leaders only because Masters exists now.
0: Yeah, right. I mean that was probably the whole the the whole
1: the (laughs) the whole market. We need more gym leaders for masters. (laughs) I will say that Cynthia has decided to woo me hard in that game and I'm not prepared (laughs) I am not prepared for this champion knocking at my door all the time.
0: I don't know if it was the right choice to have two different gym leaders per every game, but also, like, if you think about black and white, one game had a whole city that was completely different. It was either Black City or White Forest, and it's, like... I I would argue that that was more in- more important than, like, Gordy yeah. and Alistair.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they had created a completely different town around those, and it felt like a very different shift, then I, I-, I would... I would be harder on the I think I missed out. I just think ultimately a better decision would have been to have two gyms and you pick which one you took on mm-hmm. than having them in separate in separate games. Um I just think I just think it felt then and it still feels now that it was a slightly arbitrary way to sell more sell both games. Yeah, I mean
0: they're very good at putting out two identical games and then Selling you both. And then a year yep. later, putting the word ultra before them and then t- selling, and selling them both <laughs>
2: again. Exactly. Right. The worst story. Mitch yep. from
0: YouTube. The, uh,
2: yes. Wait, can we hold on? Because I am not normally with someone that agrees with that opinion. Greg, could you say that a little louder for the people in the back regarding what that you just said? About Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, please, Greg. Please. Ultra Sun
1: and Ultra Moon has a worse story than Sun and Moon. Sun and Thank Moon has you. the better story. 100, 100, this isn't even 100%. Subjective.
2: This is objective fact.
1: <laughs> objective fact. Sword and Moon has it a is much character better story. massacre
2: on a level never seen before in Pokemon, <laughs> what they do to Lusamine. Absolutely dreadful. Thank you, Greg. Thank you uh, for speaking to me and all those other people out there that I know feel the exact same way. Thank you. Uh,
0: I, I, I do agree. Although, like, if somebody's going to ask me which one to buy, I'm going to say Ultra, because there's, there's way more
1: content. Of course, there's more
2: content, for I sure. Mean, yeah.
1: I always tell people, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon is a better game. Sure. They are a better game. But the story is way worse in Ultra yes. Sun and Ultra Moon. And the story in Ultra Moon Ultra Sun is even worse if you didn't play Sun and Moon, because... They kind of shortcut a lot of things, yes. assuming you played the first one. you're like, yep. if I just played this on my own, this story does not make a lot of sense. Agreed. Agreed. Um, the
0: best part about the Ultra Ultraman Ultra Moon story is the uh, Ultra Recon Squad freaking out about FurFru and not understanding like
1: <laughs> that, that whole, like that in itself was great. Them, now, like, I think the Ultra Recon Squad is awesome. I think the implications they did in and Moon of multiple universes existing that they doubled down on in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, like the idea that there are alternate universes, alternate timeline where Pokemon have developed differently opened them up to a whole new world of Pokemon design Yeah, that I think was important in having the Ultra Recon squad confirm that these wormholes aren't like weird pockets where only Pokemon exists, but there are also people there who had, ve- who have very different experiences with Pokemon. Like it's a ripe storytelling beat that they are going to do nothing with, which is a shame, but it at least sort of exists as part of the lore that I think that I will give one credit to the story of ultra sun, ultra moon for like you introduced and underlined the multi-universe, multi-timeline idea. You did everything I'll else. i co-sign that with you. You yeah. did everything else poorly with the story, but this <laughs> one beat you did good. Co-signed. Yep. Uh, we technically
0: already answered this question. Yeah, but we
1: we did this a lot. So, <laughs>
0: uh, Mitch from our YouTube says, "Do you think the lack of level scaling in Game Free uh, in Scarlet Violet is Game Freak's way of combating players that com- complain about the games being too easy?" Yeah, I think I think we had like a forty-five minute yeah. conversation about that.
2: Exhaustive, dis- yeah, <laughs> conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i mean like again the last thing i could say is like you know you can play breath of the wild you can get out of the the, t- the tomb you can walk right to ganon and ganon isn't gonna scale for you yeah he is he is exactly the level he he is at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game so
3: i can't think yeah. of a lot
0: of open world games that do scale i feel like the last no. video game i played that scaled was like final fantasy 8 and i hated it
3: hmm
2: yeah, I gotta think about it. I don't know. There's
1: not a lot that really scale. I think the difference again is the feeling of people people feel better when they have more control. Like you can walk straight to to the end of Breath of the Wild but and you're still relying on your ability to roll, dodge, and attack appropriately yeah. instead sure. of I'm locked into a turn. Right? Like those games feel different because you feel like you have more free will and that you as a person can overcome the levels Mm. like i relying on my skill to overcome this level gap and it's a very different feel than what we have in pokemon
0: yeah pokemon of the week it'll be a lickitung
3: oh all right what
0: what can you tell us about lickitung
2: what (laughs) yeah this this is yours this is my absolute favorite Pokemon of all time. Let me tell a little story as to why Lickitung is my favorite, because it's weird. It's not because he's good in Pokemon Go competitive. This is why. Okay. (laughs) I have a distinct core memory of going to Toys R Us with my dad right after I got into the Pokemon trading card game. This was prior to me ever playing the video games. I, I didn't own a Game Boy. It was just the card game so i'd only seen the pokemon that are in like your initial two decks which were at the time it was like the zap deck that had mewtwo and pikachu and the electric and psychic ones yeah and then it was the deck with um a champ the starter deck and i think there was one other one too wasn't it like a water fire yes, one there was a water yeah, okay or, yeah yeah so those those were my only experience with pokemon and playing the card game okay and jungle hadn't come out yet so i didn't see that like a tongue card yet whatever I went to Toys R Us, I got a Nintendo Power with my dad. The only system I owned was an N64, and I saw there was a cover story about Pokemon Stadium. Thought this is really cool. We walked from the Toys R Us to the Old Country Buffet that was next door, and I sat there at the Old Country Buffet with my dad, eating dinner and reading this Nintendo Power and opening up to this Pokemon Stadium article and being like, wow, they have Pokemon video games? And the first screenshot that I saw was of an in-game screenshot of the the master stadium and the rental pokemon i don't know if you remember the rental moveset of lickitung in pokemon stadium if you don't let me remind you because it's burned into my memory all right this man has thunder blizzard fire blast and hyper beam and i remember seeing this little screenshot of Lickitung in 3D, mind you, again the first Pokemon beyond the ones that were on the front cover, like Mewtwo and the starters and Pikachu, the first Pokemon that I ever saw in 3D, Lickitung, and his move set is Thunder, Blizzard, Fire Blast, and Hyper Beam. I thought this has got to be the most powerful Pokemon of all time. I love this guy. He's so cool. So I played through after I got. That Christmas, I got my Pokemon yellow. I played through the game. I do, you know, the the mystery dungeon at the ending. I catch a Lickitung in the wild. I'm, like, I'm so excited. He's going to destroy everything. I'm going to use him competitively. Come to find out, he's got, like, body slam and lick. And I'm like, what the heck is this about? Why does he not have Thunder? Why does he not have Fire Blast? Why does he not have Blizzard? (laughs) Turns out, those are TM moves for him that you could buy from the Celadon department store. You could teach it to him. But it doesn't naturally learn those moves. But it didn't matter, because at that point... I was so obsessed with Lickitung, wanting to catch this Pokémon, thinking it was the coolest thing, that I went to Celadon, I bought all the right TMs, and I had my Lickitung in Pokémon Yellow, after beating the game, I didn't care about Mewtwo, Mewtwo who? Mewhoo is what his name is, I didn't care about Mewtwo, I had Lickitung, and I gave him Thunder, Fire Blast, Blizzard, and Hyper Beam, and every game in which I, I could have a Lickitung on my main squad, I have had a Lickitung ever since. I love him, I love the design, I love that of all the Pokemon they could have put in Detective Pikachu, they chose to oh. show what a real life Lickitung is like. He's oh. horrific, but it I is, love him so is, much. It is
1: nightmare <laughs> fuel. That, I, I'm obsessed, that I love That thing him. is terrifying in that.
2: And then in the anime, right, Jessie gets a Lickitung, she gets a Lickitung, right? Mm. Like, and it's an epic episode of the show where Lickitung's running through this tournament, battling everybody, taking down all these other powerful Pokemon. That ends up being the first Pokemon that gets traded away from a major character in the anime because she trades the Lickitung for Wobbuffet, who is now a series staple. You would not have Wobbuffet without licking. It wouldn't happen. That, all that right?
1: would be fine.
2: So all the Wobbuffet stands that are out there. I just want you to know, you lived because Lickitung died. Let me say that right now. That is why. You're able to enjoy your wealth of Wobbuffet content because Lickitung was traded away during the Johto era. I love Lickitung. I could talk about this for another 20 minutes. I love the fact that he's good competitively in Pokemon Go now. I didn't even realize it was a thing until Zoe was telling me about it when we were at Worlds, and I'm like, wait, what? So now I'm using all my Lickitungs in Go competitively? I could not be happier. We are in the era of Lickitung. And if I may, one more story, just to throw in there, to to prove that I am the number one Lickitung stan in the world, all right. In 2019, I went to Japan for the first time. I went to the Pokemon Center. You know they have those cute little uh, 151 cutie plushies, yeah. right, of all the different Pokemon? I go to the Pokemon Center in Osaka, and I walk up to their display, and they have every one of those plushies except one. Greg, can you guess the one plushie they didn't have at the store? Cramorant. They did not have a cutie Lickitung. And I asked the store employee in Japan, why are there no Lickitungs? Because if you looked at the store display, they have all the little names written down and their number next to it. And there was a jump between Raidon and Hitmonchan, or whatever it is. It's like Hitman Lee and Rhyhorn or something is where Lickitung's in between of the Pokedex. And I'm like, why is there no Lickitung? The store employee in Japan, I kid you not, went... Oh yeah, no one likes Lickitung, we just never stock Lickitung. And I was blown away! So I made it a goal for my first ever trip to Japan to go to every Pokemon Center that I could. I went to the one in Osaka, I went to the one in Tokyo, I went to the one at the Skytree, I went to all of them. I could not find a Lickitung. None of them had the Lickitung cutie. Until the day we were leaving, we were taking the train to Tokyo Airport on our way back. And we had about 30 minutes before we had to board this train, we were on Character Street in Tokyo Station, and there's a little miniature Pokemon Center on Character Street. And who was displayed on the top shelf of Character Street as the featured Pokemon cutie? Lickitung. It was meant to be, I got myself a Lickitung, I've had him ever since, he's (laughs) sitting on my shelf right over there, I've got the big Lickitung, I've got so many Lickitungs. every piece of Lickitung merch they've ever made, I own. I guarantee you that shop,
1: the Pokemon Center has called and said, there is a weird American (laughs) (laughs) running around Please just give him this thing so he stops bothering us. I don't understand what he's saying. He's obsessive. I don't know what he wants to do with this creature. It's super weird. Just get it so he never comes back here. Please. You know, what? Somebody I... find one from the back. You know what's crazy? is I went to the Pokemon Center, I think also in
0: 2019. Uh, yeah. The one in Tokyo. The Tokyo D... De- uh, the, the Mega one. The one that has the cafe built into it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that was the first one I went to, and they didn't have Omanite. And they, they always have an English speaker at that one. They, that's yes. which they told me. They were like, we try to have at least one English speaker. And I was like, oh, you guys don't have Omanite? And they were like, oh, no, Omanite is really popular. And I was like, what? Um, And then I proceeded to go to other Pokemon centers, and they also didn't have Omanite. But I eventually I found an Omanite at Skytree. There you go. But yeah, it was like a very like, it's almost like... When you want a Pokemon and they don't have it, you are suddenly on this mission to be like, oh, exactly. we're going to every Pokemon Center. We're, we're exactly, we have to find it. That's the
2: problem, though. Everyone liked Omenite. Nobody likes <laughs> Lickitung. So they just didn't even bother with Lickitung. They didn't like, even bother. They probably pulled it out of yeah, some back warehouse like, and they were like, Wait, we're putting this up for the window."
1: <laughs> like, Like, track his cell phone, find where he's going, make it obvious so he never comes back to this country. Please get rid of this foreigner. We don't like they him. All, He's weird. They were weird. All very
2: sweet though. And actually in my my vlog, uh, uh, one of the one of the employees at the Pokémon Center watched my videos, which was super super cool. That's so crazy. I mentioned that in the video. Yeah. I have I have I have one more question before we, I have one, one
0: more question before we wrap up this episode. Uh is is how do you feel about Lickitung's
2: evolution? Uh, the worst thing licky ever licky. made. I hate Licky Licky. I hope it never exists ever but and I hope it gets white from the Pokedex eventually. turns into Licky
1: Licky in a movie.
2: Despise it. I despise it. I despise Licky Licky. I think... Here, here we go. Alright, we're getting to one more discussion topic. Oh, I gosh. think it is criminal, criminal, that Licky Licky is the evolution of Lickitung. Because the one big thing I want to say, from when I was a little kid and I saw Lickitung, in the Pokemon Stadium game, in that N64 Nintendo Power showcase thing. I thought Lickitung was going to be part dragon type. Because he, <laughs> he, he has got like a dragon tail, and he's like a lizard thing, I thought he was going to be a dragon type. I could understand. So I see, they, I see it. Yeah! So I thought that eventually, if we were ever going to get a Lickitung evolution, that it would be normal dragon. Kind of like how Drampa is. Yeah. And, or it would be like a dragon type. It would become a dragon, like dragon flying or whatever. It would just change its typing. And I expected this big Lickitung with wings and an even longer tongue and he'd be flying around with this derpy little face and he'd be the cutest little pink dragon you've ever done seen. But that didn't end up happening. We got Licky Licky, who's an abomination, who's a built-in bib because he drools over himself all the time. I, I do not like Licky Licky. I don't. I know he was kind of cute in the most recent card set. So, not the Pokemon Go set, but the Darkness Ablaze. What was No, Origin. Lost Origin? Lost Origins. Okay. There's a Licky Licky card in that that is actually cute. That Licky Licky actually looks acceptable. But normally, Licky Licky is an abomination. How can you hate Licky Licky?
1: Licky 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 literally on his chest tells you if you have a strong Wi-Fi signal. I don't. I don't, do to not understand extent, how so does lick a tongue. I mean,
2: he does too. to a lesser to, to a, a lesser, much extent. lesser extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
1: It covers that signal. It's it covers it with a tongue, so you don't know how bad your signal is. That's right. True, true. That's right. <laughs> uh,
0: Roger, where can our audience find you if they if they want to find you?
2: You can find me at RogersBase on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Instagram. I stream every Sunday, every Tuesday, and every Friday. And, uh, of course, I will be streaming Scarlet and Violet. I cannot wait to play these games. Hopefully, Lickitung's in the Pokedex. If not, we're going to have a problem. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to wait. Um, zero out of ten. There zero go. out of ten. No lucky, but lucky. Not, I'm sure eventually they'll do Pokemon Home integration. I don't have Lickitung one way or the other, but yeah. I think it might be good for me. To have a game in which I can't have Lickitung on the main squad because I have to True. be you forced lucky, to use somebody else. That's right. I got Smoliv though. I'm good. Smoliv will carry me through. No problem. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, Greg is at White Wing on Twitter. I'm at Dragon Lake. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter at PKMNCAST, uh, PKMNCST, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. But Roger, thank you so much for being on. Uh, was, thank you for having me and allowing me to
2: rant about Lickitung. That's like great. Two
0: two months in the work in the works, but <laughs> totally worth it.
2: Thank you once again. I really I appreciate it. This is so much fun. I'm just happy to hear somebody else who agreed with my takes on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon story. Yeah, that's that's, fantastic.
0: that's the that's the real takeaway here. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Thank you for making it to the end of the show. This has been another episode of the Pokemon podcast, and we are
2: we are <laughs> you gonna say, are you gonna say... You... I do say any... goodbye. Greg says goodbye.
1: No? <laughs> I mean, we usually say it's super effective, but I was going to ask, do you want to say it's super effective? I'll do it, of course. All yeah, right, 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 I'll, I'll cue it right back now. up.
0: All right, I'll cue, cue it, back, it up. back up. Here All we right. go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, thanks for, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon
1: Podcast, and we are...
2: Super Effective!
1: Super, super Storytellers of Sun and Moon Unite! We shall prove our worth to the universe. Indeed! We shall smite the
2: licky-licky lovers. Spite.
1: Well, I don't know. That one guy turned into a Licky Licky and that was a pretty sweet moment.
0: This podcast is made possible because of our patrons. A huge shout out to our producers on Patreon, starting with Steven, Sean, Matthew, Kay, Jessica, Brian, Stuart, Ryan, Nate, Bovine, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Gray, Carlos. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady. If you too would like your name read at the end of the episode, or you just want to support to get ad free episodes or bonus episodes, you can head over to patreon.com slash P K M N C A S T. That is patreon.com slash P K M N C A S T. Thank you all for your support and we will see you all next week.